begin transmission. Hello, everybody. It is Chris from the Outer Rim Transmission here with the full crew tonight. We got Ben returning as well as Milton. A big show tonight. This is our big Mandalorian preview. It's so cool saying those words because it's been since 2020 since we had the Mandalorian, which took the world by storm. Hasn't left us. Been in the forefront of the fandom. But we're also talking about The Bad Batch Season 2, Episode 10, titled Retrieval, as well as updates with Celebration, with merchandising, with video games, with comic books, just like it was last week with Omar. Check out our awesome guest last week. We are just talking about everything Star Wars, every possible medium. It looks like we have a little bit of news to talk about. So we're going to just jump right in. But first off, we're going to check in with Ben. How's it going, man? We missed you last week. But like I said, we had somebody to fill in your shoes that was more than capable. So, Yeah. Hey, that's good. I, I caught some of the podcasts last week. You guys did a really good job. And you know, it was, it was a lot of fun as always. Um, but yeah, my week was pretty good. It was just the uh, the normal um, week. Like I said, we had some family coming in from out of town, so you know we were we were um, hanging out with all of them. And you know, hey, that's one thing. After all this time of us being on the podcast, I don't know about you guys. Like, um, I mean, I, I guess you're here every week, Chris. But you know, Milton. Like, you know, when you and me have like missed podcasts here and there, like. Every Friday night, like when I miss them, I'm like, man, I'm thinking at like nine o'clock, man, I should be on the podcast or like the podcast. You know, I was thinking about you guys la um, last week when I was on air or when I was with our, our family, but it was a good time last week and uh, it's, it's great being back. Good thing is like there wasn't much to talk about in last week's Bad Batch episode, unfortunately. Um, I really, you know, I guess I'll just do like a mini review of that one. I thought it was was all right. Um it wasn't great. It wasn't. I mean, it was just. I I think we've gotten to a point with this show. I, I I think I briefly messaged you guys about it last week and even a little bit this week. To me, I think we've gotten to this show, to a point in this show where it's basically. So we're. I really don't think the show, as a story per se. I think it's more. This show is telling the story of the Bad Batch, like our main Bad Batch crew, and then if they bump into the main Star Wars events, like the Empire, like the um, like the overall Empire Rebellion storyline, if they bump into that, cool. But I really think we're at a point like, you know, like Clone Wars, they had a clear arc. Um, Rebels had a clear, like Rebel vs. Mm -hmm. Empire path for the crew. This show, I really think this show is solely about the Bad Batch crew, mm -hmm. and it's if they casually bump into the mm -hmm. main timeline that or main storyline, that's cool. But I, I just, I, I don't think, I think obviously the show has its major flaws, but I feel like we've been looking at it from that scope where it's like, Hey, you know, we're judging it on like the rebel storyline or Clone mm -hmm. Wars, like them having a clear cut storyline. And this show I feel like is just about the bad batch. Like, you know, um, so yeah. So like with that, Last week's episode was what it was. It was another just like just another episode of the week. Of course, Sid betrays the crew and it's just like, here we go. Um, but it's just I don't know. It falls in the forgettable category of, of Bad Batch episodes. But and I would have to give that one a six out of ten. OK, yeah, I gave it a seven and Omar, I think, gave it a seven and Milton, I think you gave it a six or something like that. I don't keep track of these scores, by the way, in case anybody's listening. We probably should and be like, okay, these are the best episodes. 
maybe one day, maybe with Mando or something, we could keep more track. I could always go back and, and get the scores, but yeah, no, I, I, I totally agree with you, Ben. Um, I've actually been seeing other people online also speak about the same thing, which is really weird. Um, because, you know, as Star Wars fans, uh, the stories are usually told in, in the large strokes of the galaxy where you're getting like, oh, the Clone Wars is talking about a big moment in history or Rebels is talking about the formation of the Rebels and Andor. Like and all these are usually be. big things yeah. like, and uh, like and or like they all still touch the main story. Mm hmm. This so show just doesn't. Yeah. So they're trying. I mean, you got to applaud Lucasfilm for trying something new. And even last year, though, I think where the, the issue comes in is season one. It was, yeah, it was about Omega and stuff, but that had large ramifications. You were still seeing a lot of the galaxy changing. Um, but we only got that in the first couple episodes of season two, and it kind of, they kind of put it on the wayside. But yeah, just some interesting food for thought that we're, I guess we're thinking about it opposite. It's like, yeah, like you said, okay, when they casually bump into the actual big ramification of this of the timelines and it's like all right cool but most of the time they aren't which is the reverse i think for most of the series we're used to watching i mean unfortunately that's how it is and i feel like i mean of course the uh, the shows has a lot of the show has its flaws but i don't know about um you both but i feel like for me if they would have framed this in that way from day one from day one said hey this show is about the Bad Batch. It's not going to involve the main story. Blah, blah, blah. I think that would have been better than basically giving us, like, I mean, all of our Star Wars projects so far. Rebels, Clone Wars, Kenobi, Andor, um, Boba. They all bump into the main story to some degree or get involved with it to some degree. And this show, if they would have just warned us from the beginning and been like, hey, <laughs> you know, this show no. is about the Bad Batch. Nope. Guys. I feel like people would have been a little bit more kinder on the show. But could you imagine? Like, they would lose... I, I hate to say this, but if they said that, I think they would automatically lose people. Like, people would just be like, well, I'm not going to tune in. Oh, like, I don't... I, I've... I've <laughs> it's, a, it's a nice gesture, like, after the fact, but yeah. they would literally hurt their business if they said that. They'd be like, oh, by the way, like, the things you care about the most aren't in the show this year, or at least don't expect much of it. It's like, well, I'll just check it out when it's all out then. I think, you know, people might just say, okay, let's just binge it then, and I'll see the big the big parts of the story when I want, rather than wait week to week and not get what I want. Um, anyway, so, yeah, well, we'll definitely dive a little bit deeper into the Bad Batch as we're going to talk about Episode 10 Retrieval uh, later on in the show, but how's it going, Millen? Everything's going well, man. Uh, I was glad to be back on the podcast. Um, as you mentioned earlier, I actually did watch the episode this morning. Um, I'll get into it later. Uh, I'm looking forward, obviously, to Mandalorian. So mm -hmm. hopefully, hopefully, season three doesn't let us down. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Speaking of Mandalorian, we're gonna get right into our week in Star Wars. I, 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 I claimed it was time on Twitter. I said it is now the time of the Mandalorian. As soon as I got done watching the Bad Batch episode, I was like, okay, that's on the rearview mirror for me now. Now it is time for Bad Batch. It is the Bad Batch season. And, well, you know that a lot of retailers, a lot of merchandise is going to really ramp up in the next week or two because that's everything anybody is talking about. Um, anything everybody's talking about. And, uh, well, I got some cool things that were given to me recently. Um, Food items. I haven't done this before on the show. I usually show off miniatures. I usually show off just different things. But like, here we go. This the Star Wars merchandising 
at its finest, you know, you got your your goldfish Mandalorian bites with your Mando, your Ahsoka, your Grogu, right? But that's not that's all. Awesome. That's not all. I got some more junk food to show you guys. Not that I really eat this stuff on a regular basis, but these things called cake bites, apparently. I didn't buy these. Somebody somebody got me. They're like, oh, Chris would like these. He could, he could keep them for like a collectible item or something. It's like, ooh, exclusive. So yeah, you know, we got Grogu cake bites. We got Mando cake bites. I might actually just pop these open, like, oh, you know, on Wednesday as I'm watching watching the show. I might have to. There you go. But you know, Star Wars is going to be Star Wars, and they're gonna they're gonna jump at every opportunity, whether it's cell phone cases or it's goldfish, to to let the world know that that it's now Mando season. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, you it's, it's a smart. It's it's a smart marketing ploy. I mean, they're not they're not stupid. Um, it, it makes sense for them to dive into any realm, whether it's the form of entertainment, food, obviously, as we see. Mm -hmm. uh, again, it's smart. I mean, if, if they put exclusive on a box or a cover, people are going to buy it. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. So what about you, Ben? I know you had something you've been waiting to tell us on, on, on the podcast this week for you. Yeah. So, um, well, I found some show and tell stuff, but I'll save that for next week. Ah. So this week, though, yeah, th this week though for the <laughs> podcast, I found an interesting thing. So, um, you know, everyone here knows like when me and then even Milton, you, you know, when we're on the treadmill like doing our cardio, we're scrolling through YouTube looking at Star Wars stuff. And one of the suggested videos that came up was a deleted scene from the Blu-ray version of Revenge of the Sith. <clears throat> so. Anyways, so when the exclusive, so when Star Wars The Complete Saga came out one through six mm -hmm. on Blu-ray back in like 20, 2009 or eight or whatever, when it came out on Blu-ray back then, it had an exclusive scene from Revenge of the Sith that was only on that version of the uh, the deleted scenes. Oh. That actually was, it's a scene and it was actually in the Lego game too. Hmm. But it was a scene where Obi-Wan Obi-Wan is actually uh so him and Yoda it's right when they're, during order 66 when they're at the temple and you have a clone trooper coming up to Yoda yeah um like he's in the full Jedi outfit the clone trooper's oh, in the yeah, full yeah, Jedi yeah. I'd never seen that before actually for some reason I I'd never seen that and he was in the full Jedi robes and everything and he comes up to him and he's like master Yoda we've secured all the we've secured the temple and and Yoda's like very good, and Obi Wan's standing behind him, and he's like, "You clones really aren't good Jedi, are you?" And you know, then they fight him and take him out and stuff. But <laughs> so that was the first time I seen that oh, scene. Oh, like, I gotta watch that. What did you say? I gotta watch that. I don't know if I've well, actually he, seen that. Here's the cool part about it. No, and it's filmed out everything. It's Ewan, <laughs> and it's Yoda, and it's a clone trooper in a full Jedi cloak. And the cool part about it is, if you pull up the Revenge of the Sith book, so it, it's, it made me start digging. And I, I checked my Revenge of the Sith book, and it's in there. So, like, when you go to that scene, they actually have that in the book. And basically, when the clones were overtaking the temple, um, there was eight, there was like eight or nine clone troopers that took Jedi robes like that. And they were like patrolling around, acting like Jedi, you know, to full Jedi. And the the cool thing is, so before the scene that was shot, so before the scene I just described, they actually have that in the book. And basically, 
Obi-Wan, I, I was like, man, this is like pre-Baby Yoda, actually, pre or pre-Grogu. So Obi-Wan, uh, like when he's walking up up to the clone troopers, um, he's like acting like, you know, the crazy old hermit that we all, you know, we've heard him be called before. He's acting crazy, and he's holding Yoda. Like, he's holding him, like, as a baby, basically. And Obi-Wan is like, um, Obi-Wan basically tells the clone troopers, hey, I... He was acting all crazy. He's like, I found this this baby Jedi, and he and it said like he was describing as like a crazy old man to the clone troopers, and the clone troopers were like, Oh, hey, we, you know, anybody can say this is a Jedi. You can't just approach the premises here. And then then Yoda launches off of Obi Wan and takes out the clone trooper, and you know that that's what leads into that scene actually, and that was in the novel. So it's cool just like seeing that in the novel, and then in a deleted scene. So like that was gonna be a thing. And then, you know, it just ended up not being it. I literally just watched the scene, scene as you were talking about it. it. Yeah, it reminds me of like those old Clone Wars animatics. And yeah. it was pretty cool seeing, you know, Tamora Morrison in a Jedi garb. Like, yeah, I was like, kind of kick out of that. But it's cool because they, they didn't have any armor. When you were saying this, I was like, oh, they just have armor like underneath like the, the, the robe. But no, they, they, they just had like sidearm blasters and there was like 20 of them. Just swarming yeah. them. Like, wow. Yeah, that was in there. And then that's in the novel of Revenge of the Sith as mm. well. So, you know, that was going to be a thing and just ended up not being it. <laughs> that is pretty neat. No, thanks for bringing that to our attention. Milton, had you ever watched that before or heard of that one? Yeah, I've seen that. I, oh. I have the I have that Blu-ray set. They came out in like 2012, I think. Or something. Oh, that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was probably yeah. right before the Disney sale, I bet. Yeah, mm -hmm. it was. It was like three or four years before that. It was fire, like because mm -hmm. it got all the little, like the books and some extra behind the scenes documentaries. It's it's dope. I still yeah. have it. So so Milton, what is your current listening um, for for Star Wars? Are you listening to any audio books or anything recently? Uh, yeah. I mean, I still do. That's that's just a common thing. Usually, when I go to bed or if I'm just like chilling out or something, when I get that opportunity to chill out. Um, usually when I'm laying in bed, I try to put on, actually, what I just put on my phone recently, I think I went back and put the old radio dramas back on my phone. <laughs> nice. Um, I, love, I just love listening to the radio dramas. They're they're really good. I mean, Empire's my favorite movie, but it's probably my favorite radio drama besides mm -hmm. New Hope, just because New Hope goes in more in-depth. And I know it's not canon, but it still holds up. Um so over, overall, I mean, I, I still listen to that stuff on a daily basis when I get the opportunity. Okay. Um, but like when my week in Star Wars kind of ties in what Ben was talking about, but this is more of, uh, oh boy, uh, Star Wars Theory when he did the interview with Nick Gillard a couple okay. weeks ago. Um, I listened to a little bit of that. I need to listen to the whole interview, but he's been releasing uh, clips behind the scene footage mm. of the fight on of Revenge of the Sith. Oh, that's sick. You know, yeah, I know uh, Star Wars Theory, he puts them on his Instagram page or our YouTube page, but um, yeah. Anyways, Nick Gillard has been releasing like the behind the scene mm. footage of unseen wow. filmed fighting that, that's occurred in the prequels of Episode 3. It's really good. Um, he, he, talks about, he talks about various scenes that were shot that weren't released. Um, which which reminded me of an interview that was done years ago with one of the writers of Revenge of the Sith, or one of the production guys of Revenge of the Sith. He talked about there was a scene in that movie that was going to happen, and I think it's in the artwork 
of Revenge of the Sith where Padme goes to Mustafar to meet Anakin mm -hmm. to confront him. Originally, she was going to betray him and stab him. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I heard about this. Yep. Yeah. And so, like, I remember that particular uh, scene just because when I think of Nick Gillard and all the stuff he tells, it's like Revenge of the Sith really could have been a four-hour movie. Because mm. I, I, I remember, like, uh, they talked about the first hour of Revenge of the Sith was really, like, two hours of footage whenever Whoa. Anakin is going to save Palpatine Grievous, really, that was like an hour and a half, two hours over the original mm -hmm. cut. They just had to cut it down to like 30 minutes, whatever it was. Like that, that's a lot of footage. If you go back and watch that movie, that first scene takes yeah. up a good 20 or 25 minutes. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's just it's just remarkable to know that there's so much uncut footage or unreleased footage of Revenge of the Sith or just Star Wars out there that we just probably don't know about. Yeah. Just imagine. Imagine what the story would be if we had all that as canon. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and going back to just talking about Nick Gillard and, and, and stunt coordinators in general, but especially with Star Wars, is the fact that they got a hard enough job as it is to, to come up with these fights, but then the idea of anticipating all the visual effects and having, you know, especially with Mustafar, just a lot of green screen, but like figuring it out to look so good and like that just doesn't age to me and it's just really awesome work to be just you know i don't even know how long it takes for them to train to that degree but i don't they didn't use like any stunt doubles either for my knowledge right like it was just them two the entire time ewan and, and hayden yeah I'm, I'm pretty sure it was just ewan and hayden um for the most part for all of it and the well the the crazy thing to think about is you know think when um the Kenobi series came out. Ewan talked about it when they when they went into that into the whole Mustafar stuff. Think about how how much like Nick Lard had to had to coordinate the stunts. Like they had no visuals. They walked yeah. in and it was all just screens everywhere. Um, the green screens and blue screens like everywhere. Ewan said, you know, he walked in and you know the floor, the walls, the ceilings, everything. It was the blue and green screens, and you know that's all you saw. I mean, they talked about like some of the actors, you know, like would get like almost motion sickness from it because it's just so much color mm. um, so it's crazy to think like he had to coordinate the stunts around that like so the actors like visually you know keep their like balance or keep yeah. their, you know keep the fighting going smoothly with all of those screens right. and you know we've all seen them behind the scenes stuff where they had like the taped walls and taped floor <laughs> where the they would walk and stuff like all kinds of stuff like that it's just it's crazy to see going, you know, from that to, like, what we eventually got on screen. Yeah, right. Oh, yeah. I mean, and, and honestly, after seeing all this footage over the last week or so, um, and obviously having Nick Gillard come back, be interviewed by Star Wars Theory, which is mm -hmm. dope, because we need, to, we need to hear from more of, like, guys like him, especially from the prequel era. And this goes back to my feelings on the sequel trilogy and in Disney in general. I know I've been one of the people in my close circles of friends when it comes to Star Wars or just friends who are nerds and like Star Wars in general. I've always been a, a proponent of how I just do not like how Disney has ran Star Wars for the last you know, eight years. And it's like we get someone like Nick Gillard. Why was he not invited to do the sequel trilogy, especially when it comes to the fighting? Yeah. That's, dis that's disrespectful. It's like, yeah. it's like he had someone who changed the game in Star Wars. Anyone that would tell you when it comes to the prequel trilogy, they say the fights are the best part of those movies. 
like it's something that's mm-hmm. different at the time. It's the height of the Jedi, pretty much the golden era of the Jedi. So their fighting will be more fast-paced, intensive, more aggressive. So him not to be invited back to the sequel trilogy to say, hey, why don't we take what you've done, tie it to this, and make it somewhat badass too? Like, are you serious? Like, I'm curious what word was that? Why didn't he not even get an invite or a meeting? And maybe I'm completely off base here, but it's like, yeah. damn, I get so mad when I see the, that footage. It's like, what could have been? Uh, put it in perspective, um, to be like devil's advocate here or whatever. Like, you look at the plot, like, Ray, she she shouldn't fight like Obi-Wan Kenobi, you know? She, I, I, she, I totally so, agree. I, I totally understand that. And and I know people defend, like, how the fighting was in the sequel trilogy. I still think it's bullshit. Even if, because, because even if you Rey, get to the place the finale, Rise yeah, of Skywalker. Yeah, right? yeah. And from, from, from Force Awakens to Rise of Skywalker, her skills did develop. Mm-hmm. They, 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 she was overpowered, without question. That first movie, that first movie, she should never be Kylo Ren. I don't care what anyone tells me because literally the dialogue tells us that he was trained by Luke and he was in the process of being trained by Snoke. There's no way someone who's never picked up a lightsaber that Snoke says in the second movie mm-hmm. should have beaten him. So right there, like Star Wars contradicted itself and put themselves in a bad spot. And it's like, I'm not going to ever defend that. Like you can't. The power of Palpatine, life. man. She was had the power um, of Palpatine in her blood. She uh, was able to so, overtake so, 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 so Kylo much, Red. So, so t- hey, wait. Guys, me that Bruce Lee's children <laughs> or grandchildren, Bruce Lee's grandchildren, should be able to wreck anybody without any training, just because that's off of genetic code. Because that's ridiculous. All right, well, well, Bruce Lee's grandchildren ain't beating my ass. I'm telling you right now. <laughs> well, well, here's here's the thing to think about with that whole thing. Oh, here we go. Let, let's do a two-hour sequel podcast. Let's scrap Mando. But no, um, but no. My thing with that whole thing is, I mean, it is a valid point, Milton. Like, because if you think about that um, stuff with Force Awakens, we'll definitely get into that with our commentary. <laughs> but, but like Kylo, you know, he was trained by Luke, and. You know, we, we all keep just framing it as Snoke. No, he was trained by Palpatine. Snoke is Palpatine. So, like, he was trained by Palpatine and Luke. Like, those are pretty good masters. But he got um, mortally see. wounded and there's blood all over the ground, man. I, I, I told, the guy was I told fighting for his Vader, life. Vader got wrecked. Okay, Vader got sure. hurt in Empire by Luke. Still kicked his ass. So, I was, it's like, well, mm, well, like I, I, I ain't defending that. Well, I'll well, never be able to hold up with him. Well that, well, that whole thing, like, I don't know, like, my, my thing with that is, like, you know, if you look at us, okay, so, if, I, I guarantee you if, like, you know, us being, like, untrained or something, like, if, if we, I, I don't know, if you would, like, stab a master swordsman, I guarantee you they still could wreck you, even, even being Easily. hurt, like, against you or me, like, oh, I, look, I don't know. Okay, let's, let, okay, let's put it in perspective here, let's look at <laughs> MMA or boxing, okay? You take Mike Tyson in his prime. I can, you know, hit him in the ribs and, and you know, get him a rib injury. Okay, in the middle of a fight. Do you honestly think with that rib injury, I'm going to beat him? No way. He's too skilled and trained to work around that injury and say, okay, I might be hurt mm-hmm. or injured. I'm not letting this guy who's somewhat decent of a fighter kick my ass when even I'm the elite of the elite. There's no way. Mike Tyson would still wreck us with a hurt rib 
or, or with a broken arm. Like he would still beat us. I'd have to shoot him <laughs> to beat him. I'd have, I'd have to literally break his arms or his legs to beat him. Like, it just it just makes no sense how but, how, how again. I know this goes back to my original comment about Nick Gillard not being in the sequel trilogy or being part of it. It's just disrespectful again how they just. It, how they yeah, did the planning places. no planning is no planning and again people are probably gonna be mad at me for going back to this is like milton all you do is <laughs> crap on the sequel trilogy it's like i don't mean to but then when i see videos like this it's like what could have been honestly yeah. what could have been you, you think about the colin javaro script and what could have been with that and just it's like man my god I, i'm hoping that kathleen kennedy has learned from this and tells us at Disney, or excuse me, um, Star Wars Celebration, that hey, you know, we're going to do this. We got a plan for this. We're going to bring these people back. We got a hell of a team to do. Blah blah. I'd be all about that life, but I just don't trust it. And again, this Nick Gillard interview just makes me upset because it's like we could have had this too in a sequel trilogy. Like it just, ugh. Yeah. it's frustrating. Uh, I, I know I'm, <laughs> I'm off the chain right now, but no, I mean, I mean, I mean, it's it's true. There, there, like I think with a lot of this stuff. Um, with sequels, with um, with a lot of the issues they've had. I mean, Solo even. Um, I mean, we all are fond of Solo, but a lot of people aren't. But a lot of the issues I think come back, you know, to the planning is the big is the big big key. Like I just feel like I don't know. You just need you just need better plans in place to like execute. Like at least um, you know we'll get into more of it later. But like you know, it seems at least like with like Favreau and Filoni like. They're planning out the Mandoverse so well. Like, I mean, you know, I mean, Favreau's literally like writing multiple seasons of shows before they're even d- aired Mando season three. Like, he they're mm-hmm. planning and planning and planning, and and um, I mean, heck, even if you um, I mean, it's not on the schedule tonight, but like one of the interviews, like Favreau talked about how Dave's writing and doing all the Soka and stuff. But he was right there with Dave while they were doing Ahsoka. So, like, he was still involved. So, you know, you have those sort of things. And it's like, that's the type of planning we need, like, and the consistency we need. So, like, as long as that type of thing continues into, um, into hopefully with Celebration, you know, with a potential movie getting announced, like, hopefully that process and planning continues into that, which I think it will just because of the whole, like, basically, as soon as Bob Iger came back, they basically kind of told Star Wars, hey, rein it in on announcing movies until you know for sure. So I think that was kind of like their awakening, their Disney awakening, I guess, where it was like, hey, guys, we need to have a plan before we just go and start spitballing movies and then canceling everything because it, it damages the brand is what it does. So, like, I think the plans are in place. It's just a matter of, like, executing them, you know? Yeah, so... You know, Nick Gillard, great stunt coordinator, and uh, single trilogy had had good had good stunt coordination there too. Um, but yeah, a little bit of whiplash, a little whiplash from what we had seen a decade prior. Um, but there you go. So some housekeeping as always. You can watch this show as we go live, like many people are right now. We have Dark Nerdy Gonzo chiming in on the chat, agreeing with Milton here, and you could be part of that chat every Friday at nine o'clock eastern pm and we also are available to download on any podcast streaming service of your choice just search outer rim 
transmission. So we had three releases for Star Wars this week in the publishing realm, in the paper canon, if you will. We have Dr. Aphra issue number 29, we have Yoda issue number 4, and we have the inaugural, or not the inaugural, the, the very first, this is not coming out yearly, the very first issue of a four-issue miniseries called The High Republic Adventures, The Nameless Terror. Um, we have so much to get through tonight that I'm going to just say, hey, I have a video about all these that I reviewed on the channel. Just go ahead after you watch this and check that content out there. Speaking of different comics, we're going to get into the news now. We have big, big surprise here, guys. We're getting new Mandalorian comics based off Season 2. They're adapting Season 2. And uh, same exact creative team as Season 1. Rodney Barnes, Jorge uh, uh, Gianti. Um, it's basically, I'm probably going to wait on the trades for this, honestly. I'm, I was very let down with the first uh, eight comics that were a little bit overpriced and it was absolutely nothing new. I was picking these up like, oh, maybe they'll show like a little backstory of this character. Nope, it was literally shot for shot what we've seen in the show. So I was like, okay. The comics usually adapted things like Rogue One and Force Awakens. It added like some cool little things here and there, but I was like, okay, this is really disappointing. So I'm going to wait on these. I'm not going to, I'm not going to wait on these every week. I'll tell you how much. Yeah, I'll I'll throw in there real quick. I think the re I think your main reason or your main answer for that, Chris, is kind of what I just bounced off of, like the planning from John and Dave. <clears throat> I think I think they just have such a lockdown on the show where it's like mm -hmm. the only stuff oh, yeah. for this show, the only stuff for this show that's going to get out there is what we approve, and that's it. And it's basically what's going to be on Disney Plus. I think is I think they have the show and like all the like property surrounding it on like complete lockdown yeah. you know yeah so way back way back when i think this was at the uh at in the middle of 2020 at some point um adam christopher who was uh who's the author of the excellent star wars novel shadow of the sith was penned to do a mandalorian original novel and there was like all these comics that were announced and then all of a sudden we just kind of slowly see that stuff go into background adam christopher was announced to not be writing it anymore and I think that was the reason they had all this stuff probably announced before season one even, you know, came out. They didn't know it was going to be a phenomenon as it was. And then once they've seen some of the success, they're like, okay, we got to halt all the publishing. We can't have anything interfere because this is our new baby now. And we're going to just take this head on and chart, you know, this this story ourselves, essentially, is what happened there. So, yeah, I, yeah, I no doubt, but it still is disappointing. I'm like, really? <laughs> like, uh. <laughs> But yeah, but a story that could be told originally that will be taking place over what's supposedly many, many issues, I would assume, is we have yet another Star Wars crossover comic event. Now, this one doesn't even have a name yet. We simply got a teaser of Marvel.com. Um, you're going to have Dr. Aphra, you're going to have Bounty Hunters, you're going to have Darth Vader and the mainline Star Wars. All four series are going to be crossing over this summer. It's probably going to deal with this villain that was um, kind of like put out there, a little breadcrumbs. This, this new droid sentient guy named Ajax Sigma dates back to the High Republic. Somebody finds his intelligence module, reactivates it, and now he's wanting to free all the droids. So I'm, I'm assuming that's what this is. This is not official, but if you've been reading the comics, you know what this is leading to. This guy is now out. This droid's now out there, a sentient droid. He's going to be kind of like L337 from Solo, where it's like, yeah, I'm free. And he's going to rally, most likely, all these droids and, be, and make a big droid 
make a big droid war in between Empire and Return of the Jedi. Um, but this brings me into like this mini little topic here. Uh, me and Joel Davis, who was also a guest at one point on this show, I don't know how to remember he's from Ion Canon, me and him are often going back and forth because he, he reads the comics, obviously. Um, but it's it's funny how they pack so much into a six into a one year period. It's like you have War of the Bounty Hunters, and you have you know Crimson Rain, and you have NM Empire dealing with like Kira and and the Emperor and Darth Vader, and like Darth Vader is teaming up with like Padme's handmaidens, and and you got all this stuff happening in this one year gap of time. And then and now we're gonna have a whole nother event that just like wait, there's a war of droids in between Empire and Return of the Jedi. Wait, I never heard of that. So it's kind of funny because like you know, this stuff is not probably ever gonna get mentioned in live action. I will be surprised. And and that's what was funny as hell. Is like, all right, the comics. Where do they stand as far as? like canon on screen is concerned like for instance i was like making jokes saying like oh yeah back in 2016 there was an issue of star wars uh that crossed over with this gothic tale about luke skywalker teaming up with dr afra at this place called the, the screaming citadel and there was this like vampirous person that was like trying to to read their minds or something and i was like can you imagine like in one of the shows like luke is talking to ahsoka and he's like Hey, there's this one time I teamed up with this rogue archaeologist named Dr. Afra, and we went to this gothic castle and did all this. Right, you, know, you get something like that, and this is reading right from um, some tweets. You know, um, Joel's telling me he's like, "Oh yeah, you know, imagine Vader arriving at the Death Star, and he's and he's basically talking to Palpatine, <laughs> and he's like, I had a rough month dealing with my dead wife's best friend and body double. I need R&R. Or, you know, you go to Palpatine, and Palpatine's saying, this second Death Star better be worth it after fighting a Sith ghost unleashed by my apprentice of my apprentice. I have never had the hardest month of my life. Like, like this is the, the stuff that just makes me laugh, because, you know, comics are going to be comics, but... Yeah, I don't know if you guys have anything to say about this, but it's it's funny yeah. when you're looking back in hindsight, like seeing these adventures, these wacky adventures that the characters have been on. And I love the comics. I, I buy them every week, but it's it's funny how it's gotten to this point. That's the aspect of comics where it's like that stuff. It can work to an extent <laughs> in comics, but that's about as is basically where the train stops. Like, you know, you're, you're basically stopped right there. And we don't, we don't need to see that translated to on screen anytime. <laughs> like, like just imagine, just imagine that like, okay, I, I know the time period is different, but just imagine at the end of Kenobi, if the emperor says like any of that sort of stuff to Vader, when he's talking to him, you know, like just imagine that after all that serious stuff in Kenobi, and then, then we hear him say that and be like, Whoa, 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 what? Like, <laughs> yeah. Melon, what do you want to weigh on any of this craziness with the comics? No, cause a lot of it is BS to me. I, I, cause I don't read them like that. Yeah, like I, I have like some of the, uh, some of the star Wars comics when they first started mm -hmm. coming back. But, mm -hmm. Like, I, I've always felt like it's a little too much at times because it mm. can always just make things just misconstrued or like yeah weird interpretation. And, and I'm not, and this is where I think I, I take a step back and I don't really care about it it's because I don't really get into the story much. Mm. So I don't, I'm not one of those ones that are like, man, they did this, they did this, and this. Oh, they screwing this up. Like that whole continuity thing don't bother me. Yeah. Like 
but like I just when I hear this, I'm just like, all right, this is why I don't really get into the comedy. So a lot of it's unnecessary stories that I don't even care about. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you have your big tent pole moments in the comics, like the the, the Vader comic run in 2017, written by Charles Soule, artwork by uh, Giuseppe Comicoli. Like that's really cool. Like Vader year one, essentially like learning how to be using his armor and stuff like that. That was like okay, that's great story. Hey, those, those stories are dope. Like like the Kylo Ren series. Yeah. One ones. Yeah. Like, I I think those are essential to those particular characters. Mm-hmm. Those are the major characters of the story. So I'm like, okay, I'll look at those comics. But if it's like Doctor Afra and you know yep. Kira and all them, I'm like, all right, like I really don't, I don't pay attention to them. Yeah. So there you go. You guys can weigh in in the comment section down below, or send us an email or a tweet. What are your thoughts on Star Wars comics? And maybe we'll get some cool references. I mean, to be fair, they referenced a comic book in. Um, not not the book of Boba Fett. Mandalorian season two, in the the second to last episode, they talk about um, Operation Cinder, which was first referenced in Star Wars Shattered Empire. So I gotta give them credit for that. Maybe maybe they will mention one of these random side events again one of these days. But uh, yeah, we don't have to wait much longer. We got live action Star Wars coming out in less than a week at this point. We got an update on some Star Wars merchandise over on StarWars.com. I'm pretty happy about this one. We got Star Wars Micro Squadron Galaxy getting a shout out. I don't even think this was ever referenced on the Star Wars site before. You'll find these in any story, Target, Walmarts, whatever. Uh, They're cool. They're like the old Micro Machine ships. um, But they do a great job, the Jazzwares uh, merchandiser, um, for for really kind of running the gamut for some really obscure type of things. Like, for instance, like, you got a little tiny guy, like, you know, an inch tall, and you get the cool-ass ship with it. And it's a lot of playability. I've shown these off. I remember uh, last week, I think I was showing off the Razor Crest that I got. So really cool stuff there. Like, for instance, they they have something as simple as, you know, Oscar Isaacs, or, or Poe Dameron, I should say, his X-Wing. But then they have something obscure, like a freaking V-Wing Starfighter with a clone pilot. Like, I can't remember the last time I walked into a store, I seen that, or I seen General Grievous's Starfighter, for instance, right? So they have really cool things in there. They even have, um, what is it, the Ark Troopers Republic gunship with, like, the cool, like, shark-looking decals on the front. So... Right. These guys really go above and beyond when it comes to appeasing to the hardcore fans. So, and they're at a really cool price point. Like, they're really not, they're pretty cheap, but they actually look like nice quality and good build quality. So, if you're done with the Black Series like me, then, and you're done with Hasbro, maybe you want to check out, if you're still into collecting, the Jazzwares Star Wars Micro Squadron Galaxy. All right, moving into some maybe unfortunate or maybe fortunate news for Celebration. So we got a nice little article explaining to people why they should be excited to go to Star Wars Celebration. And in like a little aside kind of random like throwaway sentence, they're like, and we'll return in 2025. It's like, oh, okay. So apparently there's no Celebration in 2024. So uh, take with that what you will. Um but I think it's overall a good thing because, you know, for me, Star Wars Celebration needs to be special. And I think you I think you do definitely lose some of that, the fun of it, the surprises and all that if you're having it annually. If I want to go to something annually, yeah, that's what Comic-Con, that's what New York Comic-Con is for. But Star Wars Celebration is, is, is meant to kind of be that long-awaited thing, right? 
like after the pandemic last year, getting to meet everybody after it had been like a two year hiatus was an awesome feeling that we're going to have, you know, a two year hiatus going in 2025. I would assume that it's going to be in the United States again. The next time it's going to be around, of course, it's going to be in London this year. So, but it's good for people to save up, you know, especially if it's going to be near Disney World or Disneyland again. I can't see it being in Anaheim. I think it's a very good possibility it'll probably be in Florida again since it will be almost, I guess, eight years since it was there last time. I think that's a good amount of time for people, people to uh, feel like they're going to go back to Galaxy's Edge and all that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, so so and, and this also brings up the question... Um, okay, this celebration at London has to be pretty pretty huge as far as announcements are concerned because they're skipping a whole year's worth of uh, a news cycle, kind of, if they're not going to be there. Now, granted, you know, they could show up to San Diego Comic-Con like they used to back promoting Force Awakens. They had a Force Awakens panel there. They can do their usual D23, although I think a lot of us always think of D23 as like this mega Star Wars event, and I think every year it never really is that big anyway. They they might talk about Star Wars for 20 minutes as part of another panel. Um, so I think this just brings the shine. Like I'm expecting some pretty massive announcements if they're not going to have another celebration for two years. Yeah, I think lock it in right now. It's um, February 24th or whatever. It's Friday. I think lock it in. Um, we're going to get a Star Wars movie announcement because mm-hmm. if you think about it this way, guys. So we have, um, so on the Disney calendar right now, on the Disney upcoming calendar, um, December 19th, 2025 is an untitled Star Wars movie. And, you know, they updated their calendar a few weeks ago and it's still there. So, like, obviously that's still on the on the um, the plan. And if you think about it, so the next celebration presumably is like april or may of 2025 but they're they're not gonna wait until they're six months out from the movie to announce it Mm -hmm. so they don't have anywhere like you said of course you have san diego comic con or whatever to make an announcement or even d23 next year to announce a movie in 2024 but i think you make the movie announcement this year like it's the final Mm -hmm. celebration until you know two years from now basically I think they're going to make the the final announcement. It'll be like the big, like mm-hmm. walk off home run type thing. Like it'll be the big yeah. announcement. Like Star Wars, Star Wars is coming back to theaters, guys, in December twenty twenty five. Blah blah blah. And and then we probably won't get any details of it until like basically the end of twenty four or early twenty five. So uh, I think that's the big announcement coming out of Celebration is we're going to get that, and also. I think I think there's more credence to it based on some of the stuff we've heard about the Ahsoka show, um, you know, the scheduling for that. Um, I think they're going to need something for PR to, like, have something big coming out of Celebration because Mando, think about it, Mando will basically be, it'll be done. Mm-hmm. You'll have the Ahsoka show, and then you have If Skeleton Crew comes out, or, you know, they may preview Skeleton Crew. So, like, you know, you have those things, but the big hitter... They need a big hitter, and that big hitter is the movie. Oh, yeah. I mean, like you said, I I think I heard something from the rumor mill, like they're going to be starting to to maybe shoot something soon, or is it one of the series that they're shooting soon? October. It's looking to be October um, October of this year. October, November, they're going to start shooting Mando Season 4. It yeah, but like. w- what about the movie? Have they said anything about Lindelof's movie as far as like... Um, 
I, I, I know. See, it's been from like even the rumor um, from even reliable people. It's kind of been on and off if they're shooting or if they've shot some of it. Mm-hmm. Like, like you know, last year they were saying Lindolf was shooting over this. was shooting earlier in the spring last year, and then it wasn't. And then it's like, what is going on? So yeah. I think um, I think there's a lot of wires crossed when it comes to that specifically. Mm-hmm. But um, but like the main thing I know that's supposed to be shooting this fall is. Mando season four. I mean, Favreau okay. said they're done. They're done yeah. with it. So, yeah. Um, so I just think, I think, I think that's gonna be what is will be the thing. They'll probably like announce that. Of course, they'll announce that at celebration. They'll be like, "Hey guys, Mando season four. You know, it'll just be some Mando season four thing." Yeah, but, but as far as like, I think besides announcing the movie, it's probably gonna be pretty close to shooting the movie. So if that's the case. They'll prop maybe like announce some of the cast members, maybe even have them there in person, aka a young Daisy Ridley, per chance, to walk on yeah. the stage. And and judging by the report you told me earlier today about Mando and about how John Favreau is like, yeah, I'm not really done with these characters, they're kind of kind of go on forever. And, and Dave Filoni has said the same thing. Dave Filoni is like, yeah, like the, like these characters aren't really ever gonna end. We're gonna keep writing stories. Like what? What do you think the chances are, Milton, that this next movie might actually feature like a character from Mandalorian, whether it be Grogu or or somebody else that's like aged up another like twenty years or something like that? If it yeah, is after Rise of Skywalker, because how are they that, think about a big splash for that? If they're like, okay, like you love the Mandalorian, well, guess what? There's a character that you love that's going to be in the next movie. Like that'll get more people to be like, hey, did you hear that guy's going to be in this movie or that character's going to be in this movie? Like, oh, it's so cool. Like, like I could see that adding to more excitement and more synergy. And if they're not going to end these characters soon, then it's like, why not throw them into a movie? To throw it out uh, there. Oh, I would say I would say just to throw out there for like a food of thought for even for you, Milton, um, before you make your point. I think I think to throw out there with that um spiel you just said, Chris, about F- what Pharaoh said, I think that's gonna tie in with the more I think about it, I don't think Thrawn's gonna get killed off. I think they might just move him right along past the sequels. But go on, mm. Milton. Not about to say like the only character I think that'll be one to present from that particular universe if we see this character is um either ahsoka or ezra oh yeah ahsoka she doesn't really age yeah because like her show is going to be about ron and i'm assuming she's looking for ezra ezra Mm -hmm. right um so that that would make sense if they say hey we're going to make a movie around the sequel trilogy era you know, dealing with these particular characters now. I mean, because you can't do nothing with them post sequel trilogy; they'll be too old at that point. Yeah, they'll you're right. Older. Yeah. yeah. So, like, I mean, if, if they want to say, "Hey, we want to go in that era of sequel trilogy and tell a separate story about like, whether it's Ezra or Ahsoka or Thrawn," great, I'll be all for it. Um, so yeah, I, I, I mean, it's possible. I mean, and hell, and they can come out with a character that we weren't paying attention to and say, "Hey, we're going to do something off of this person." tell the story so anything's possible like i wouldn't be surprised um i i agree with ben i think there will be an announcement of a film you know i mean if they're not coming to celebration next year we want to build a hype up for 2025 so yeah um it, it makes sense that they'll probably do it this upcoming year for mm-hmm. that movie announcement i'm just curious about where they're going to take their movie division i know there's mm-hmm. talks of going back to the trilogy format and focusing on that Great. What what trilogy do you want to tell? And we and we've mentioned this before in the podcast. 
you know, how far do we go in the future? Do we go back in the past of the old Republic or, you know, that type of thing? Mm-hmm. I just don't know, honestly. I mean, at this point, at this point, I, I know we haven't had a film, what, since 2019? Mm-hmm. Yep. Correct? Um, and that's been what, be almost six years. That'll be six years at the earliest if this comes out, 2025. Yeah. So that, that'd be six years. It, it, they're they're going to have to really impress us with their next film. They're going to have to really say, hey, this we're going to get this back on track. Yes, those movies were very profitable. However, like I mean, it's just something off about them. I, they, they need to get us a movie that's going to unite the fan base again. Oh, hopefully, yeah. hopefully. You know whether it's Daisy Ridley, Daisy Ridley, or not coming back in in her films if they do bring her back. I just want them to tell a really good story, and that's clear, concise, and consistent. Yeah, Dark cool. Nerdy Gonzo in the chat is chiming, and he's saying, "Yeah, gotta remember to one reason for them the silence on on the movie announcements front is basically the directors they have to commit, and we heard about this in in a report like last year, like." It's a lot of commitment for these directors to be involved with Star Wars. They're going to be involved with several years, and it's hard for them to be involved with anything else at the time because there's so much effort in building and a lot of world building that right. they have to establish. So that's the thing. That's what's that's why they're not announcing anything because they, they got to make sure these people are the right people for the job. You know, I agree. Oh, well, and and, and Dark Nodigonzo is absolutely correct. And if anyone's out there saying, "Well, why would a director commit and you know take up all that time?" Well, let's let's look at the past here. Star Wars is a very profitable IP, so it's not like they're they're it's not like they're they're committing to a project that's going to fail. Star Wars has not pretty has not been a failure. I don't care what anyone tells you. Yes, critically for some of the movies, they weren't well received, and that's for prequel and sequel. But they were very profitable movies, and it bolts your career up. Like I don't, it, it steps you up. Ryan Johnson has knives out franchise because of Star Wars. Mm-hmm. If, if Ryan Johnson didn't direct The Last Jedi, he's not getting that Netflix that Netflix deal that he has currently. I don't care what anyone tells me. Four hundred big ones. Yeah, exactly. And like he, he's a good director, but again, he wasn't a well-known director with that cachet of like a lot of eyeballs and, and you know notoriety. Mm-hmm. Star Wars really elevated his name, which allowed him to hook up with Netflix. That's what's up. So any director that wants to question their question why they wanted to sign on long term with star wars it's just a benefit i mean look at marvel mm-hmm. you know marvel's directors that have been successful the roos who are the russo brothers before marvel yeah they, <laughs> yeah. they directed some shows on uh was it parks and rec or whatever yeah but i wasn't paying attention to that show mm-hmm. now if the russos touch anything besides marvel i'm like oh i'm gonna pay attention to those guys mm-hmm. they know how to tell stories they killed it with marvel oh for sure well Here's the thing to think about too with the upcoming movie. Like, like I said, I feel like the movie it, it has to be getting announced. It's it's London. It's two years out. It's all this stuff. And I think, you know, think about some of the context clues we've had over the past few months. Back in December, November, Daisy Ridley went to Lucasfilm two or three times. Like, you just don't casually go out to California or where, or um, I forget where Lucasfilm is based. Yeah, at, yeah, but, yeah. Yeah, you, you casually just you casually just don't fly over there like, oh hey, I'm just stopping in from a 12 hour flight from London or something like, yeah. you know, you you just don't casually drop in the building even if you're a celebrity like her. So it's just like there has to be something going on there for one, and then for two, I remember back around when uh when Rise came out, Rise of Skywalker. Remember there you heard Ahsoka's voice talking to Ray, and. 
at the time, uh, Dave got interviewed, whether it was at like um, Celebration or whatever it was. But Dave himself said, you know, you don't have to be dead to talk through the Force. Like when Ahsoka was talking, mm -hmm. he got asked if Ahsoka was dead during that. And he said, you know, she doesn't, you, you don't have to be dead. So like to me, my question, my thing I wonder is like, I wonder if even back then he had it in his head that he was going to do an Ahsoka show eventually. And he was, you know, even with that, he was keeping her alive. So mm. just, it, it really makes me think, if we get this movie, I think they probably, you know, they've learned their lesson from the, from the sequel stuff. Whether you like it, love it, hate it, whatever. You, we all, I think we all can agree it was badly planned. So I think they learned their lesson probably from that, seeing how, like, the Mandalorian stuff has been planned out really well. Um, and even like Andor, mm -hmm. um, you know, these shows have been planned out well. And I feel like it probably like shook things up over there at Lucasfilm to like, hey, guys, we need to start planning better. So I think with this next movie, they know all eyes will be on it because it'll be the marketing will be, you know, Star Wars is back. Star Wars is back in theaters, mm -hmm. blah, blah, blah. And I could easily see the marketing heading in a way of Star Wars is back in theaters and it's connected to the end of the Mandalorian saga. Cause think by the time we get, even though, you know, with Favreau's comments, by the time we get to December of 2025, we might be on Mando season five by then yep. potentially. So, so, so if you think about it that way, you know, at, we're going to get at least five seasons of Mando. We could have Mando season five leading into star Wars coming back to theaters potentially, which that would be huge. So, um, and, you know, that's another thing to think about as well with, like, the Mando stuff. Mando, you know, with normal shows, you have, like, a shows that are really booming. They have such a big amount of leeway. Like, for example, I don't, I don't think by any stretch this will happen. But Mando Season 3 could completely go off a cliff and be bad. That And they still would have at least another two years of runtime. Like, they would still give them another season to two seasons mm -hmm. to, like, things right so like mando at minimum i think is going to be five seasons and that lines up with that potential 20 that 2025 christmas 2025 movie so i just think i don't know I, I just feel like they won't be able to pass up connecting the mando stuff into the movies because the man the mandalorian has been a, such a widely successful show i mean you know um the, look at all the marketing going on right now for mando season three they're literally calling it a global phenomenon. Like, the global phenomenon returns March mm -hmm. 1st. Like, you know, because it's that huge. So, like, what would be a better, bigger, bigger and better way than to include it right into the movies? Like, I could easily see it connecting to that movie. Oh, wow. Yeah, Erin Daly's chiming in. She's saying, I'm actually not surprised with it being in 2025. We have two anniversaries that are huge. We have the 20th anniversary of Revenge of the Sith and the 10th anniversary of The Force Awakens. And, oh, I didn't even think about that. That Dude. is a very good point. Dude, we're going to get some freaking crazy guests, some crazy panels that year. And that's why I'm like, you guys got to save up. You got over two years. Save your money. Count your pennies. Whatever it takes. <laughs> if it's going to be in the Northeast, then I'm definitely going to say there's no excuse to not make it this time. <laughs> hey, let's hope it's in New York. <laughs> I know, right? That would be so nice. They haven't had it in the Northeast before, so come on. Like I said, I really, really think they're going to be like, alright, we want it back at Disney World for another year. Let's bring it back to Orlando. Um, 
yeah. But but anyway, I, I'm excited just for the pure announcement of a new Star Wars movie, whatever it may be, whoever's in it. I think it's going to be great to see uh, something announced that way at a big fan event because before it was like, hey, George Lucas was just talking to a camera. It was just in a, a, a press release. So like, oh, by the way, we're getting episode seven. It's like, cool. But like, I can't wait to see that like announced maybe in person. We'll see how that goes. But um, just the just to kind of have that feeling of, oh, yeah, like they're they're telling us right now there's there's a new movie and this is what it's about. And this is kind of like the characters that could be in it like that. That's going to be that's just exciting in its own right. All right. Something I'm actually more excited than any of this other thing. Any of the other things is a brand new video game that's coming out and it's called Star Wars Jedi Survivor sequel to Jedi Fallen Order. And IGN is doing the Lord's work. They are pulling every stop they can to get as much information to us fans about the game. We got some really cool about the AI companions. So in this trailer, for the, the, the big trailer, there's a character named Bode Akuna. And this character is apparently what's going to be called one of the many characters in gameplay. Um, and this is one of my wish list items after playing Fallen Order. I was like, okay, if they can somehow put like action companions in a game, as well as maybe tweak some things like have blaster lightsaber combat and have fast travel and have mounts. And yeah, they've literally just said they're doing all those above things I just mentioned. It's like, okay. So yeah, they're going to have a character. You're not going to control them yourself, but you'll have on certain missions, like the main missions, because there's a lot of side quests in this game, which is really neat because it's almost going to be playing more like an open world game than anything else from what I've read about so far. But as you're on those pivotal main missions, you'll have a character that's like literally following you around. Um, you know, Cal Kestis is a Jedi, so he's going to be moving around very quickly compared to somebody that's not a Jedi. So for instance, they made up a different way of like programming the AI to like be very quick in adjusting to how you're moving across the landscape. So for instance, Bode is going to have an awesome jetpack and he's just going to fly around as you're like doing force jumps. He's going to keep up with you with his jetpack as you're like, you know, you're not going to actually really have complete control. Like you're not going to just like switch to that character and all of a sudden be playing them. But they've, you know, Respawn has cracked the code, if you will, to create this proprietary technology to allow the AI to be like super smart. So if you, for instance, like force grip like a barrel and then you fling it at a bunch of stormtroopers like Bode will or whoever your companion is could possibly shoot that in midair before it impacts with the enemies, causing an AOE explosion. So like really cool things like that. If you're gonna force push somebody, they might he might like just shoot him in the head or something like that. There's like follow-up damage. But then there will be like a special move that I'm guessing will be on like some sort of cooldown that you'll be able to activate specifically if you have like a really tough boss fight and he'll be able to come in and do some like crowd control move or some high damaging move or whatever. And the cool thing is they said that he is not the only character that will fight side by side. Depending on the missions later on in the game, you'll get other ones. Of course, they're not going to spoil those yet, but hopefully we get Marin the Night Sister because what they were talking about in this interview here on IGN is there's a moment in Jedi Fallen Order as you're fighting, as you know, um, Ben, you played the game on Dathomir. Marin, at one point, you're fighting... Um, Gosh, what is his name? It's something with an M, but I know he gave—he was a boss that gave a lot of people trouble. He's like the fallen Jedi, 
and at certain points she's actually like like fighting with you but you're not really controlling her so the developers were like okay we wanted to take that system and elaborate on that a lot more and they're like yeah do we have the time to do it and they're like screw it we're gonna do this idea and we're gonna go all in on it and there's no gameplay footage of this being shown it's just a a simple document to read through um but from what i gather is this is gonna really change a lot of the gameplay it's nice to see characters fighting side by side it, it this reminds me of of Knights of the Old Republic, and at this point, this game is literally giving me everything I wanted in a sequel and more, and I just hope that this game is not too lofty with its ambitions and it ends up tripping itself over with all these new systems, because they are putting a lot into this game. Just judging by the trailers, it's like, oh yeah, this is just the first game, but when you dig in a little bit deeper and you look at the details, it's like, oh, they're even like changing up the map because a lot of people had problems with the hollow maps and how it was confusing because you were like, I'm here, but how do I get there? Because it's like a three-dimensional map and I can't really see where I'm going. But now you're going to be able to place markers. You can like rotate them. So it's a lot more like fan feedback and, and Respawn has been doing a great job with, you know, getting all that information and applying it and, and taking the time. And I'm happy now that this game got delayed another six weeks because that means like the developers really care about the game and they're going to polish this game uh, to the maximum amount. So yeah, this this is this is probably going to be the best Star Wars game ever made if it hits. And I can't see why it doesn't because Respawn literally doesn't miss with any game they ever make. So I'm excited for this. Ben, I know uh, you're looking forward to this game, but do you have anything um, to, to say about when it comes to any of these cool adjustments or these uh, new iterations on the gameplay? Well, first of all, I just want to throw out there real quick um, about our prior topic. While you were um, talking, I, I did a little research. Interesting thing. So Aaron Daly brought up a really interesting thing. So Force Awakens' original release date was December 18th, 2015. And this this next movie potentially is December Friday, December nineteenth, twenty twenty five. So like, literally, you'd be able to go and watch the movie December eighteenth, twenty twenty five, on the Thursday night before. So you'd be watching it exactly ten years after the Force Awakens. Just a interesting thing to throw out there. Um, but uh, but yeah, in regards to this game, I uh, I'm really excited for it. Like you said, when you sent us that uh, that about like the AI. Um, um, player companions with you in the in our group chat. I was like, dang, that's a cool feature, because that kind of like reminisces me back to the old Republic Commando days. For anybody that played mm -hmm. that, like, you know, you had the squad, you could like send the squad to go do things or whatever. It kind of like reminisced me back to that whole thing. I mean, heck, even this week, I was playing Star Wars Battlefront mm -hmm. One two thousand four or whatever it is. I was playing that. And you can, if you have a high enough class, you can huddle up a squad. You can have like six six stormtroopers come along with you when you're going around the map. Wow! Like you have that sort of thing, um, and it's nice like that they're incorporating AI, um, AI like companions into this iteration of the game. Just because, like you said, it's fan feedback for one, and then for two, I just think it makes the games more. You know what I'm trying to say? Like, it makes you feel like you're actually in the game, you know, like in the world, mm -hmm. like telling, hey, buddy, like, go, let's go and do yep. this. You know what I mean? Like, it makes you actually feel like you're in the game, like having an AI person with you or a droid or whatever, you know, with you to, um, to like direct to do things like that. So it's just cool that they're like incorporating into this game, especially with this game being such a big, uh, 
big franchise as it is. I mean, this is literally just like a franchise on its own, like Battlefront and oh yeah, you know other other franchise. This is you know the Fallen Order franchise, and like I'm just it's cool that they're innovating and not just like you know because you could easily play it safe and like stick in your ways and just like copy paste change the story and keep it moving. But it's nice that they've innovated this. We talked about other innovations before about like the blaster and the lightsaber dual wielding that sort of stuff. Like you know all these different things. Um, it's just cool seeing them continue to innovate versus just like stick in their ways and just basically be content with releasing a product how it is how it um, how it was in the in the prior game. So mm-hmm. I'm just I'm excited for that and I uh, yeah I'm excited for this game. I'm I'm really interested to see where they where they go with it. Yeah, so this comes out after Celebration, so yeah, fully expecting to play this game there. And I will do what I did with Star Wars um, Hunters, and I will have my phone ready and shoot that and probably just get it on YouTube then and there to to, to show everybody my reaction to playing the game, because they always have the, the the latest and greatest tech there to try out. So there you go. We're not at Mando yet. I know this has been a long, lengthy, great discussion so far. Hold on to your seats, everybody, because we're going to get there in a few minutes. But first, we got to talk about the latest episode of The Bad Batch. We had The Bad Batch Season 2, Episode 10, titled Retrieval. This is basically the the second half of last week's episode um, where we have the Bad Batch. They are kind of in dire straits. They are stranded on this planet. Their thief stole a ship. This episode is all about them getting that ship back. In doing so, this kind of reminded me a lot of Solo, a Star Wars story with the Scum Rats and Lady Proxima there on Corellia. And it's like, okay, this kid is having to survive for scraps, kind of like Rey, too, from Jakku. And, well, you know, he's doing what he can to survive. You can't really fault him that much. But Omega does have a little heart-to-heart with him and kind of imparts some knowledge that she's been, you know, on the road for basically her whole life at this point. Um, so it was it was a fine episode as far as, like, not, like, excellence fine, but, like, okay fine. <laughs> it, was, it was there. It came out. I didn't think about it too much after the fact, which is never a good thing because I want to have some depth. And the show is... You know, this show has had lots of depth. We've we've given an episode a 10 out of 10. I've given another episode like a 9 or a 9.5 out of 10 because they really left me thinking a lot. Um, this is one of those episodes where you could have taken or leaving it, left it, and it would have not really hurt anything. Um, so I'm going to throw it over to you, Milton, because uh, you'd even send me a message this week about this episode. So can I, I can only imagine what your thoughts are on this week's. <laughs> Oh, I mean, this actually might surprise you, but now I'm going to phrase it this way. For this particular episode and for what it was, it was actually good. And, 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 and let me explain. It followed last week's episode. It, it was a build-off. It wasn't just some one-off story of like, oh, okay. submission. Yeah. Or, or episode was told last week and we're off to doing something completely different. It's built off of last week's episode. So for what it was, it made sense. It was good for what it was. Was it still, do I still want these episodes? No. I I want to be able to tell a different story that ties into the greater narrative of these Bad Batch characters, of obviously of the entire Clone Force, the Empire, that type of thing. But with that being said, it wasn't a bad episode for what it was. Um, Especially how last episode ended, where they follow through with this particular story 
it was a nice wrap up for this two episode arc. Okay. Um, yeah. So it, 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 hopefully that makes sense for what I'm trying to say. Um, but what uh, could I've done without this? Absolutely. I mean, this episode, this, this did nothing for the entire show or, or full narrative. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it gave us more character development of of uh, of Omega and how mm-hmm. how she's influenced people in her life. Mm-hmm. It talks about family, that type of thing. And we get to see the clones or the Bad Bats work together as a team. I mean, they're a world old machine, which was cool to see. You mm-hmm. know. I didn't mind this particular mission because they were trying to get their ship back to get off that planet. Mm-hmm. This is a mission that made sense because it had nothing to do with Sid. Nothing. It was like, okay, we have which, to survive. And, which was a big miss in my opinion because they don't mention her at all. And I'm like, aren't, they, aren't they mad? Like, literally, she just left them for dead, basically. It's like, but, what's going on here? <laughs> right, right. But, but goes back to my point. It has nothing to do with her because they have to survive. True. It's, it's, them, it's them saying, okay, we have to now not worry about Sid. We have to revert back to our training and being badasses and get our ship back. That's what they did. And hmm. clearly, you can, clear, you can clearly see how good of a unit they worked together. I mean, they, they were able to work through this plan with no hiccups. Um, Obviously, you foresaw Kid turning on Ahsoka and betraying her at one point, but then you can clearly see, like, oh, you know, he's going to figure out the truth about that, whatever character's name the guys running the whole entire planet, but um, yeah, it, it was a good episode for what it was because it was follow through from last week's episode. But honestly, I ain't rewatching this again. Like it's like I'm, I ain't gonna say this for weeks. Like the the show has just been weird, and like I think Ben brought up a good point. Like this show is about the bad batch unless they until they run into the essential part of the entire Star Wars like narrative, full narrative. If that makes sense. So I'm like, okay, and I think I have to start thinking that way now. Mm-hmm. All right, it's just about these characters going on yeah. adventures. If they happen to run into Palpatine or, or uh, you know, Luke or, or Obi Wan Kenobi, great. That's when my eyeballs are glued on the screen. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, other than that, this episode was good for what it was. Yeah, I, I mean, I completely agree with you on that, Milton. I think it was good for what it was. It was nice they um, continued the story from last week, just because. It's like we haven't had a lot of that. It's just been mm-hmm. one-off, 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 one-off. Oh, something cool. One-off, 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 you know? And I think them at least continuing the story like this was nice. Um, the story from last week's episode it was good. And my thing with it is this. Even, um, like I said, I'm going to really try like going forward for the, at least the final remaining episodes I, I'm going to really try to, like, look at it and frame it in that way of, like, hey, you know, like I mentioned at the start of the show, the bat, it's it's about the Bad Batch, and if they bump into the main events, okay, cool. But, like, like I'm going to try to, like, be framing it that way, because if we try to frame it in the other way, the way we're used to, the show's terrible. Like, for the most part, it's terrible, you know, like, as a whole, like, mm-hmm. if, if you compare it to, like... You know, they're not connecting storylines to the Empire or whatever or the Rebels. Like, if we compare it to that, it's it's a bad, bad show. But if you start looking at it from the lens of, like, hey, um, you know, this is about, like, the Bad Batch crew, then it's a fine show. It's just, even at that, even from that lens, we still need a some type of connective stories, whether it be, like, like these two episodes. It was nice. They connected. It was fine. Um, 
And then, you know, like you said, a lot of the stuff was telegraphed. Of course, you knew the kid was going to turn. You knew, I mean, you, you knew, like, these sorts of things um, were coming. But it's just, they at least they connected it pretty well. Um, and, yeah, just seeing the characters grow a little more. Omega, learning more, getting more experience. My only concern, though, and Chris, you brought up a really, really good point um, when you and Milton were talking. So, since they didn't even mention Sid... Does that mean this coming week we're going to go back to Sid's place and they're going to be like, why'd you turn on us? And Sid's going to be like, no, 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 it wasn't me. And then her get off the hook and then turn on him again. You know, like, are we going to get something like that? Um, so it's just, that's my only concern heading into next week's episode is it, it, it's going to be like something along those lines. But overall, I thought the episode was fine. It, it was actually a good, it was good. It was a step up from last week. I would have to give it, you know, last week's score, I said a six. Um, this week, I would have to say this episode for me is about a, probably a 7.5. Jump up. Okay. Yeah, for me, this is going to be a six out of 10. I definitely didn't like it as much as last week's episode. Um, just because, again, I don't feel like they dug deep enough into the characters. They did a pretty decent job last week of doing so, especially like that conversation with Tech and Omega and him like opening up about how he like doesn't feel or react to people certain ways. And and I know that definitely represented a lot of people, um, you know, that are in that spectrum of the neurological sense um, in our real world. So that's really cool, getting representation uh, in that perspective. Uh, so you got to give it bonus points for that. Um, but I feel like this episode kind of ran into the previous traps of, uh, uh, we're just doing this mission, we're only going to really talk about this mission, um, but it's not showing me enough. Like I, I feel like Tech now is like the leader on all this. I feel like Hunter really took a back seat in this whole show so far. He was like the main focal point, and now it's mainly just Tech and Omega's show at this point. Um, but yeah, I just feel like, I don't know, I just didn't get really much out of this episode. I, I, I watched it the one time. I, could, I can't really tell you the specifics about it because it just didn't leave much of a, of a lasting impression on me. So yeah, I'm, I'm going to give this a 6 out of 10. Milton, what was your score, if you had one? I'll probably say seven. I, I again, I, th I think it's a seven for for what I was explaining. I mean, yep. I, I could give it a six point five. I think I gave last week's episode a six point five or a six or something like that. This was way. This was better, slightly better than last week's episode. Um, I think I think the mission was was better. You know, and I. It is what it is. Like I really have nothing super positive to say about this entire show, so I'm trying to keep it where I'm trying to find the, the positives. I'm mm -hmm. trying to find the elements of it. So for this particular episode and for what it was and how it you know, came off last week's episode, I'll give it a seven. There you go. So we got a seven, a six, and another seven. All right, so there you go. We'll talk more about the Bad Batch next week. We have Metamorphosis episode 11. So uh, speculate at will. What could that mean? Could it be another creature episode? Or is or are the clones transforming to be something else? Who knows? Bugs, bugs part two. <laughs> yeah, Infected part two is coming soon. Um, here's my question for you guys. Now, 
whether or not do you, whether or not you're planning on watching these things back to back because now we have a big dilemma as Star Wars fans and and we're gonna also deal with this on May the fourth when well at least for me when the higher public adventure show and then or whatever that and, and, and the visions come out but we don't really have a lot of occurrences where we have multiple Star Wars big tentpole things coming out on the same day so are you if you have time to watch both of these back to back hypothetically if you did. Are you going to watch Bad Batch first, or are you going to watch Mando Season 3, Episode 1 first? I've thought about this. Ask that question again. If you could watch, if if you plan, or if you could, in a perfect world, watch both of these episodes back-to-back next week. We got a Bad Batch episode coming out. We got a Mando episode coming out. Are you going to watch Mando, then Bad Batch, or are you going to watch Bad Batch, and then Mando? Oh, I'll probably watch Mando first because I know Mando's really? probably really good. Yep. Yeah. But then you're gonna yeah, get I, I, brought down I, I, on the bad batch. That's fine. I, I expect it. Like, like <laughs> literally, like I don't I don't watch only only way I watch uh and you guys usually give me a heads up, when there's a really good episode that you think that I'll like, I usually see it in a group chat. I'm like, okay, I'll probably watch it in the morning as I'm doing whatever. Oh, so, but if it's like if I don't really hear nothing good, I'm like, oh, I'll watch it later in the week. No, no See, big deal. I, like Mando, Mando's been really, really good since day one. So I tend to like try to get on that quickly, or I try to follow up that night when it first comes out. Oh yeah, you got to you got to get to because you know the internet's just going to be all over it, just exploding. I, honestly, I don't I don't really even pay. I I don't get on Twitter to look at like spoilers or not like that. I don't get on YouTube because I mean yeah. honestly, I'm over. I'm honestly over all the reviews on YouTube half the time. I'm always looking up like stuff on like History Channel or sports or whatever yeah. when I'm on YouTube. Yeah. When I do look at Star Wars, it's videos I know of. But usually try to not look at anything and watch the shows when I'm at home after mm-hmm. work. So I can just relax, go yeah. with a fresh mind and whatever. Now, obviously, yeah. I look at the stuff that you post that you put in the chat. So I'm like, okay, Chris has a pretty <laughs> good character or a judgmental character. Like, yeah, if, if it's trash and you say it's garbage, I'm like, all right, well, I'll watch it later. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm just from the perspective of, okay, I, I, and I didn't want to throw, like, terrible shit at the creators of Bad Badge. Like, oh, it's, it's going to bring it's gonna bring your whole feeling down. But, like, hey, I mean, I'm just being honest. I, I'm not enjoying the Bad Batch as much as I'm probably going to enjoy Mando. So I'd rather go and build up to the climax of Mando and be at that level rather than, like, watch Bad Batch and be like, oh, well, I could have been better, I guess. <laughs> I, I, I honestly the way the, the way I watch Bad Batch now is like I'll put it on, then I'm usually like in my phone or like uh, I'm just doing okay. something in the background. Like I watch it. Yeah. I'm just like, okay, that happened. All right, whatever. And I'm doing whatever <laughs> I'm doing. And I'm like, okay, that's how the episode went. Cool. Now obviously the Palpatine episodes, um, the the crosshair stuff that we saw where I paid attention. Mm-hmm. You know, they were good episodes, but I I found the solution for all this. Like I'm I'm just gonna continue doing what I've been doing. I watch Bad Batch on Thursday or Friday, and Wednesdays it's back to Mando time. So like okay. I'm, yeah, because like my thing is I'm not even excited. Like and, and I don't like saying that. I don't like saying I'm not excited for a Star Wars show. I mean, look, Milton, you you said you just watched the Bad Batch episode what tonight? Like so. Or, or, you know, you've done that several times before. You just, you just watch it, like, at 5 or 6 when you're having dinner before our show. Like, so, like, my thing is I'm at that point, too, where I'm just not excited for Bad Batch anymore. Where it's like, I'll get to it. Let's just put it this way. Yeah. If 
If I wasn't co-hosting a Star Wars podcast every week, I would probably just wait till the show was completely done with its run and binge watch it. Because nice. it's just like, I'm just not excited for it anymore. So like Mando, it's like, hell yeah, I'm excited. Like, I can't wait. I'm. It's back to the, the 3 a.m. watch crew. Um, yeah. Starting this no, week. No, <laughs> that, that's not <laughs> yeah, Tuesday night. Back to the three AM watch. Yeah, I mean, here we go. All of our, all of our uh, viewers and and even our podcast listeners on here. I'm sure you guys remember it. Um, if you were up at all back, you know, back a few years ago when when Mando season one first premiered, season one episode one, they actually dropped the episode early. So when they when they released it, it wasn't the three AM release date. It was like at like one twenty in the morning. It it was. Almost two hours early because, you know, they did that because they didn't know if it was going to, like, crash Disney Plus or something because, you know, that was the the, the launch of Disney Plus, basically. Oh, uh, okay. time Yeah, so, like, you know, they actually released Mando, like, an hour and a half, two hours early, which it was so cool. Like, I'll never forget that. Like, I was up with my cousin and my ex-girlfriend at the time, and, like, we were watching it, and it was so hype. And then, you know, we discovered the following week it... Uh, it starts coming out at 3 a.m. versus 1.30 in the morning. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna try to get to bed early that night, and we'll see what time I get up. <laughs> That's what I'll say. Uh, y'all, y'all bugging with that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I mean, I'm pretty much treating this like a Star Wars movie premiere in my mind. I'm just like, all right, I'm going to be there. <laughs> it's yeah, going to be dark outside. I'll be like, all right, here we go. <laughs> I'm good. No, I'll be up to go to the gym, but I ain't watching a show that early. I mean, Milton, you'll be up probably an hour, an hour later at four, or an hour and a half later at four thirty. Yeah, that's, what, that, that's what happens. Yeah, I listen. I got to get my gym time in before I go to work. So, I'll, I'll watch Mando when I'm at home relaxing that evening. Mm-hmm. You know, so, like, yeah. I, I need to be focused, like not like groggy when I'm watching that show. Yeah, I know. I know it may sound crazy. This is what I did last time Mando was on. So I actually. I actually shift my Wednesday workout to that night, like that Tuesday night. Like my workout will probably be moved back to like Tuesday night at one one thirty two in the morning. So I get done lifting and then Mando's in like twenty minutes. Wait, say that again. You so basically like, when, work out well, super late at night. Yeah. So like when Mando <laughs> season. So for example, when Mando season two was coming on, like my buddy, he would always come over. Um, my buddy, I've been watching it with for the past few years. And even with Andor, he would always come over about 2.30. So basically what I do, just to like stay up, like because normally I go to bed personally like at 11.30, about 11, 11.30. So it doesn't bother me, you know, to stay up to like 12.31. I'm not too tired past then. So by the time one hits, what I was doing with Mando Season 2, I would just, I would just shift my like Tuesday workout from Tuesday morning at like 9 in the morning. I would shift that clear to Tuesday at 1 a.m. And I would <laughs> I would lift from 1 a.m. to like 2 a.m. or 2.15. And then have my post-workout at like 2.30 in the morning right before my buddy would get there. I'd have my protein shake, my uh, eggs or whatever, or, or whatever protein source. And then my buddy would get there and then we'd watch Mando and then I'd go to bed. Wow. That is yeah, something. Like, we yeah, wanted- like so, so, so like, because I remember it was hilarious. Like during Mando season two, I was out there you know, like going for like a heavy bench, like he- for a heavy single. And like my dad had happened to wake up and he was, he was going outside to like go get a water bottle from our garage fridge. He was like, what are you doing out here? You're, you're bench pressing at one forty-five in the morning. I'm like, Hey, Mando's coming on in an hour. 
Yeah, you gotta get the adrenaline up to keep you awake. I'm about, I'm about to say like like you working out at one thirty in the morning in your parents' garage and your dad's like not mad at you for being loud. Oh no, he 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 couldn't hear if if a bus hit the house. Like he sleeps that sound. Like, yeah. Oh my oh, gosh. <laughs> well, anyway, I guess this is a good anyway. segue to get into our Mando season three predictions. We've been talking about it. We want to know your predictions. So if you're talking, if you're watching us live right now, send our send your predictions in the chat. We'd love to read them out and uh, speculate responsibly, as they say. So. We're going to just kind of throw stuff around here. We're going to just go through whether it be characters or locations or just broad strokes of the season. I'm going to just throw one out here. You think that the Mandalorian himself, Din Djarin, can he maybe become Mandalore at the end of this season? I mean, he's going to Mandalore the planet. He's going to the home world, reclaiming some dignity of, of whatever. Maybe he finds... Uh, the dark. Well, he's gonna have the dark saber. Maybe he's the one to unite all these Mandalorian clans and get the age-old title of Mandalore from the old Republic. I don't know. Throw it out there. What do you guys think is gonna happen with Din Djarin by the end of the season? I mean, I, uh, he'll, he'll be alive. Yeah, yeah. That's, <laughs> I mean, that's, like, that's, um, that's a given. I know. I know. That's an obnoxious answer. Um, I mean, I, I just honestly, I don't know. And honestly, it, it's this sounds bad when I say this. I really don't want to guess because. I like this show too much um and and i i am trusting dave and and john to write a really good chapter three for this character because they've done so much for this character i mean from episode one till now i never thought i'd see the dark saber in live action um i never thought i'd see mandalore in live action and we're going to get that i mean we've gotten dark saber we're getting mandalore um yeah i guess if i had to guess what's going to happen to him i mean Either he's going to help rebuild Mandalore and become, you know, the overarching ruler of that planet again and try to rebuild him up, or I can see this episode ending in a very or the season ending in a very dark way, where season four will have to be like that that epic comeback of his character. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, I could, I definitely agree with you there. I could see his path going a few different ways. Of course, I think it's like a. 100% chance he's going to survive. Um, but, yeah, first character... See, I feel like we have... Um, oh, man, I, I know the Game of Thrones fans are going to destroy me for this. What's Kit Harrington's name again? Kit Harrington's name. Oh, Jon Snow, Jon Snow, Jon Snow, yeah. Jon Snow, man, I, I'm so bad. But I feel like he has such a Jon Snow quality where he... Whatever mm. task happens through this season, whether it be like uniting the Mandalorians, um, beating the Empire, uh, whatever, whatever task he completes, whatever mission he completes, um, I think it's going to be like the Jon Snow quality where it's like, no, 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 I don't want to be the king. Like, let me keep doing my thing. Like, it's going to be something like that where Din, they're trying to like force Din to be the leader. And I think he's going to be like, no, 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 I'm good. Like, me and mm -hmm. me and Grogu are going to just go keep exploring the galaxy or something. Like, I really... See, like, everything's pointing. Like, all the... Like, I don't know about you guys, but it, it whenever it's with Star Wars or another movie franchise or whatever, I feel like when it's, like, the obvious... Like, the obvious is never the answer. Like, I feel like the obvious oh, is, boy. like, he's going to reunite Mandalore. He's going to be the guy he's gonna do all this stuff but i just feel like it's too obvious mm -hmm. like it, it just 
to me, I think it's going to go the route of like being like the humble the humble leader who doesn't want to be the leader type thing. I think that's the character arc they're going to be taking Din on where he just doesn't want to be that guy. Like he doesn't mind to lead when he has to, but he doesn't want to be just sitting on a throne. I mean, look, look what it's done to Boba Fett. Like I really don't, I could never see Din just going and sitting and chilling in a palace. Like he's just too, he's lived a life as a bounty hunter. I just don't see him going in that direction i i really feel like he's gonna take like the humble leader approach where he just doesn't want the title yeah yeah i mean the thing is too with with mandalorian um is you is you end up having this situation where they're like okay this guy he he messed up he took his helmet off he's got to go back he's got to go to his cleansing waters and he's going to be fine yeah it's not happening i mean i i think we're going to see him just this the most easy answer for Din Djarin. The, the most realistic answer for the end of the season, he's going to be like, okay, I don't need the helmet anymore. I'll put it on for combat, but I see my buddy Boba Fett, I see Bo-Katan, all these other Mandos, eh, they don't really care. I think he's going to end up realizing that the armor is the villain in all of this, and we're going to see him take down the, the armor because she's like the leader of the, the old ways of doing things. And he's going to find out that those guys are just mainly a cult that that just has crazy ideals. Oh, for sure. I mean, if you think about it, like, you have the armor. Obviously, she's still looming. She's still talking in some of the trailers. She's still alive. Like, you have um, the actress that plays her. Like, she's been out on the press tour. So, obviously, this character is going to be involved mm -hmm. to a good extent in this season. So, I think, like you said, she's going to be leading probably the the bat, um, you know, like, leading the old Mandalorians in, that, in, the, way, in the old ways. And it's just a matter of... Um, you have her, and then you have, like, the overarching threat of, like, the Empire. And then my thing, I think that's something that a lot of people overlooked, potentially, especially after I, you know, I'd done my rewatch of Mando um, Season 2. You know, I completed that Thursday night, Thursday, and it was just... Oh. It was just so good, as always. Like, I watched I watched um, episodes 4 through 8, um, like... Tuesday through Thursday, basically. I watched like I watched one and then two and then two, um, but you know those episodes still hit. And like the big thing, I think taking out of the finale of Mando season two, of course you have the Luke stuff, but man, it just really seems like Bo Katan is like it seems like she's into the power side of things. So it makes me wonder. Of course you're not. You're gonna Bo Katan will be good by the end of the season, but I think we're gonna get some like antagonist anti-hero type vibes from Bo-Katan at some point you know in terms of power struggle because like maybe maybe you're gonna have Din viewing something some way and then her the other because if you guys think about it Moff Gideon literally taunts her and is like basically saying like she took she took the dark saber you, you know she basically isn't worthy of the title because she didn't earn it and then now Din Djarin has it um be, after he beat Gideon all this stuff so it just makes you wonder, like, the way, especially Katie Sackhoff's acting, like, she's just, like, staring Den mm -hmm. down, staring Gideon down, all this stuff. And it just makes you really wonder, like, are we going to get a Bo-Katan versus Din Djarin kind of, like, obviously it won't be, like, fight to the death, but are we, we might get a little, little kind of, like, WWE, like, match uh, between the two. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. I, I mean, we see the trailers and working together. I think yep. it's going to be red hair and I think she's going to end up just coming 
coming to grips with, okay, this is how, how it is. We're going to just try to get you in a position to be a ruler eventually. And then, and then armor is going to play, play into that factor. Let's talk about the little green guy. What do we, what do we think is happening with Grogu? Do you think, first off, do you guys think he'll develop any new force abilities? Whether it be abilities for himself or abilities we just never even seen a, a Jedi do. Because remember, season one, we seen him heal somebody. And that was like a week before Rise of Skywalker, which also showed us Rey healing somebody. So do you think there's a possibility, Milton, that he could develop uh, powers we know of or new powers? Yeah, I mean, his power... Look, he's been working with Luke for how long? We don't mm -hmm. know that time frame, but I'm sure some of his memories were unlocked. Uh, during that time with Luke, mm -hmm. and I'm sure Luke taught him some things. So it's very possible that we'll see some new powers. Uh, overall, my prediction with that particular character, I really don't know. I mean, uh, unless he goes through a growth spurt or like he just starts <laughs> talking. Um, because I, 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 I'll be honest with you, like I kind of want to see he see that character evolve, whether it's he starts talking. Or he's just start being more integral to the story. He always has been, but I mean, like, I need him to be do something more tangible, except for just being cute and funny. Like, he's a great character that way. Don't get me wrong; like, that's what we fell in love with. But I need to hear him like say some words. <laughs> you know what I'm saying, like, if, if we go another season where he's just being cuckoo and cute, and you know, sometimes using a force, that's great and all. But then I'm like, all right. We, we, we need some stakes for this character. Let's let's try to change him up a little bit because I, I don't want him to get stale. Oh yeah, I I agree. Like I think I think his character um, they'll definitely progress it in some way, whether it be um, potentially talking. I um, personally, with me, I don't think they'll do that just yet because I think you know we're in the same boat, Milton. Where it's like you know we could see him maybe eventually talking, but then it's like. Are you and me and Chris and maybe our, our listeners and viewers, are we all in the like the minority minority of viewers? Because I guarantee you, mom and pop watching the show are totally fine with Grogu, Kuin, and you know Gugu Gaga and the rest of the series. <laughs> um, so you know you know that's that's the thing. Like I, I always try to like balance that like between the hardcore fan in me and then the casual fan in me. Um, but like his character. I think the big turning point of the series for his character, um, we already seen the flashbacks in the trailer, the mm -hmm. Order 16 flashbacks. Yep. I think that's going to be the big turning point for Grogu. And it makes me wonder as well, like what's going to trigger those flashbacks? Because we've seen those flashbacks get triggered when, when Ahsoka was around. Um, you know, we, we, we obviously know like she, she talks about, you know, he he like disappeared after all that stuff and his like mind went dark so it just makes you wonder where what happened with him did uh i don't even know like you know you have you have so many potential realms they could take with his character i mean i mean heck guys like if you think about it we could potentially see grogu touch the dark side a little bit this season because after you know my whole rewatch of mando I didn't even think about it, but um, until I started rewatching both seasons, think about this: when, when, um, when you have the whole crew getting ready to go do like the prison break thing, um, in uh, season one, like you have, you have, uh, or well, in season two, well, you have like Bill Burr's character, you have like Cara Dune, all these guys like in the ship, and like Grogu to like protect Din, like when 
you know, he uses the force on Cara Dune, like, he, he force chokes Cara Dune. Like, so, you know, you have these things, like, little signs Grogu could potentially, like, touch the dark side a little bit, because he's still a youngling. So, it just makes me wonder if we're going to have him, like, after we get this Order 66 flashback, is he going to touch the dark side just a little bit? Um, mm. And we see a little bit of dark Grogu, because we've we've seen it happen before already. I mean, Ahsoka's foreshadowed it. Like, she literally said, you know, she's seen, like, Jedi with this potential fall before, blah, 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 blah. Like, all that, like, her whole spiel she gave. So it makes me wonder if we're going to have him touch the dark side a little bit. Maybe, I don't know, maybe he hurt someone on accident. And maybe it's, like, a life lesson with Din and him or something. So, like, it just makes me wonder if we're going to get into that side of the character more. Um, and then... You know, of course, we're going to get all the stereotypical cute Goo Goo Gaga things that we all love and have come to enjoy. And I'm sure they found some new cute thing we haven't thought of that they're going to make everybody freak out about. Um, but yeah, I think I think Grogu's character is going to be really integral as well to the story, um, especially because of the Dr. Pershing stuff. The Dr. Mm. Pershing stuff, I think, is an interesting part because I think we'll have the Mandalorian stuff happening. But I think in the background, you're going to have potentially the Imperial stuff happening of like, hey, this baby Yoda is still alive. We got to find him, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So so going back to Grogu for a second. So you had Grogu's development over the years, right? It's like, okay, season one, we find him. He, like you said, he uses a little bit of force, but he doesn't know how to channel it. Season two, he gets his name. That was the big reveal. We were like, okay, what's his name? Who is he going to Who's he gonna learn from? Okay. And Book of Boba Fett, okay, we actually see him training and actually using his abilities. So what could be the next step for him? Because he's seen a lot of good pace development so far in the three series he's been in. It's like, all right, what's the fourth what's the fourth appearance gonna hold for this character? Right? Is he gonna yeah. say something? Is he what what's gonna be big this time around, you know? Hey, here's here's something for you guys. Think about this. I, I know what happened, but you know, we know Christopher Lloyd's supposed to be a guest, a guest in this in oh, this season. Oh yeah. What if Christopher Lloyd's Grogu's voice? <laughs> uh. <laughs> yeah, I think he, uh, there's a good fan casting of him online that he's going to be Jor Sabath. Oh, that would be sweet, dude. Could you that imagine? I mean, we got cloning stuff going on. I mean, potentially cloning stuff going on. Yeah, how freaking cool would that be? All right. Well, anyway, so so we also have that flashback. So there was that flashback that uh, that was probably the biggest moment in that trailer that came out like a month ago. Jedi, they're there at you know the temple during Order sixty six. There's the doors opening up. That could have been easily like oh, clone troopers cutting through with like plasma cutters or something. Um, do you think we'll see who's rescuing him? Do you th I think because I think they've been pacing these answers so well. Because season one, we were left with like, okay, who's going to be training him and what is his name? And they answered that both, those, both those questions. And they brought up the question of, we don't know who rescued him in season two. So I think we're going to figure that out. We're going to figure out, okay, who rescued him? And if that's the case, then are they still alive? Are they a Jedi that is still alive? Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm very well, I'm very hopeful that we'll, we'll get the resolution to that cool thing of how did he escape that's going to be the big takeaway how did grogu survive for all these years and and how did he even get captured by these dudes in the first place 
Yeah, I think I think we'll get the answer of who saved him. I think that's a given. Uh, I mean, they I don't think they wouldn't show that they wouldn't show that flashback just because I I, I wouldn't think. Um, I think I think we'll get that answer. I don't know if we'll get the answer of if that person who saved him is alive. It just depends on who it is. If it's some random scrub Jedi that's happened to get lucky, yeah, he's dead. <laughs> if it's but if it's like you know. Um, let me think of a random Jedi. Like, let's say, uh, what's who's the guy that fell in love with Ventress? His, I said his name last week. Oh, Quinlan Voss. Um, Quinlan Voss. Let's say, let's say Quinlan saved him. He could be alive because everyone knows who Quinlan Quinlan is. Mm-hmm. And he's but, like Kenobi. Yeah, like he he could be alive. We just don't know. But I'm just saying, if it's a well known Jedi that's been around for a minute, if it's some scrub, nah, he's dead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, hey, what? I mean. But if they go big, we just get the guy with the purple lightsaber who has his hand chopped off uh, probably 20 minutes prior. Um, like, <laughs> the thing is, I think they have to... I don't know. It's, it, I feel like there's a good chance it could be a scrub Jedi. Like, you know, I could easily see that happening. But then again, you know, like you mentioned, Chris, like you have... How did he get to the point where he was in Mando Season 1, Episode 1? How did he get to that being captured by those people... Um, how did he get to that point? Also, it makes you wonder even as well, what if he was placed there? Like, think about it like a Ray Jakku situation. What if, mm-hmm. what if he was purposely given to these people knowing he would be hidden, blah, 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 you know, that sort of thing. Like maybe he was purposely given to them. But I think the big question, like you, like you said, the big starting question with his character is how did he get out of that situation? Because, Obviously, it's Order 66. Darth Vader is in the Jedi Temple slaughtering everybody at this point. So it just makes you wonder, Are um, is it going to be that point? And then also, my thing, I was thinking about it, um, and I'm just thinking about it now. It makes me wonder, what if, what if they kind of do like pull a Clone Wars uh, Season 7 type deal where it's like, you know, you're seeing something from a different angle type situation. What mm-hmm. if, what if some of those Jedi are the Jedi we see Anakin killing on the hologram recording with Obi Wan? You know, oh, like, yeah. could I wonder if they could do something like that? Because you know, Dave, Dave obviously knows how to work around stuff like that because he did it with Clone Wars. So it just makes you wonder if they're going to show that, like the hologram recording from a different angle. Of course, we won't see Anakin. I'm sure we won't see Hayden Christensen in this. Are you but, sure? I don't know. I just, I, I mean, if they do, dude, if they do that, that, I mean, he is around. That is actually a good Wait, point. Obi Wan and Mando season three filmed like on the same stage in the same place. I, oh. I don't think it's that hard for be like, hey, Hayden, can you like stay overtime for an hour? We'll pay you handsomely to just be in this one shot. Okay, here you go. That is, <laughs> okay, that, that's actually a very good point. It's like maybe, I mean, maybe we get that, like because, like, I don't know. At the end of the day. I just want to know how he got out. How did he escape that whole situation with all these seriously? Like, I just want to know. I know I, we're probably going to get. It's probably going to be some dumb answer. He fell out of a window onto a speeder and it flew away. Like I don't know. <laughs> you know, like like I, I could see it being something as simple as that. But I don't know. I mean, hey, I saw someone tweet and I was like, hey, this is hilarious. What? What if we? What if we get Anakin going through slaughter and he slaughters these Jedi and he just sees how cute Grogu is? So he leaves. <laughs> um, 
But oh, man. I, I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see how, how they answer that question. That's for sure. And like I said, how it triggers, is it going to be them being where the Jedi temple ruins are potentially on Coruscant? Is it going to be Grogu mm. touching an artifact? Is it going to be, I mean, we haven't heard, are we going to be in a situation like Mando season two, where we get these surprise guest appearances? Like, like Luke, we, that was a total, total shocker. Are we going to get a situation where they slipped in a surprise, another guest appearance of Rosario? Like, you know, is she going to pop back up and trigger Grogu's memories for some reason? Because like, it just, it just really yeah. makes you think, are, are they going to do that? Because I, like, yeah. we know these shows are taking place around the same time. It's just a matter of if, if they pop in these characters a little more. What's, what's really neat. And it's kind of, can go hand in hand with the storytelling of a Jedi that kind of lives through Order 66. So in Jedi Fallen Order, you're playing as Cal Kestis, and Cal Kestis survives Order 66. He's like 12 or something at the time, and then you fast forward five years, and he's working on Brock as like a deconstruction worker, or just, you know, dismantling ships. So he's had to force himself to kind of like lay dormant the Force ability so he doesn't get found out. Um, so the idea is the game, you're not like essentially leveling up from from like a thematic perspective, but what you're doing is you're you're stumbling across situations that spark your memory of you training with your master, uh, uh, Topaz, uh, Jopal Topaz or whatever his name is. Um, so it's really cool because like you're then you do a flashback and you're like on the ship in like the Jedi Temple quarter thing, like learning different moves and abilities. So I think like that could happen with Grogu. Okay, he he just sees something that sparks his memory, and then we're gonna get the the flashbacks, the flashbacks that way. Then I also might do the same thing as in Jedi Fallen Order. Like, oh, he remembers how to do this certain ability because now he's opened up his mind because he's so stressed out, uh, you know, traumatic stress from all these people just around them being killed. Um, I could see something like that happening. Oh, for sure. I mean, you have something like that going on. And also, it just makes you wonder with his character, too. Um, yeah, like, I think that's going to be his... I think that'll be the answer to our question of, you know, of us discussing this whole Gro, the whole Grogu arc. I think that's going to be the big the big turning point of the season, whether it be, like, the halfway through, like, fourth, fifth episode. Like, I think that's going to be the big marker for Grogu. Maybe early on we see a couple little struggles of him. Of course, it won't be highly focused on him because he's still going to mm -hmm. be doing his goo goo gaga stuff but then we'll get whatever's gonna trigger that with his character then i think that's when we'll really see his character like you know kind of take that like thematic level up you know mm -hmm. i think it's gonna be something along those lines um for sure honestly um i mean it's just natural to the way the way his character's going the way it would bounce off a of din jarring because of course you're gonna have din be like what's wrong buddy blah 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 yep. you know it's gonna be that whole thing um, so just, yeah, I think I think we're heading in a in a really good direction with this character. Yeah, Milton, we just had a spinoff series that connects called the Book of Boba Fett. Now there are a lot of characters introduced. We even had an end credit scene of uh, Cobb Vanth being resuscitated in the back of the chamber. Do you think any of those characters might show up this time around in this season of Mando? Maybe. I mean, I. I don't know. Maybe I, I guess, but why would why would Koth want to be there for anything? I don't know. I, I, I maybe I, I can't really give you a good answer. I'll be honest with you. Mm -hmm. 
I'm trying to logically think, like, why would we want to see Cobb there or Cobb Vance? But then, like, the Boba could show up because, you know, he, you know, he's part of that whole culture. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyone else, I just don't think so. I think they need to separate the stories. I think it, I think it's going to be a little too much if they bring them in. Okay. Because then, because then my expectations are going to be okay. If 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 Mando's good, when when Boba Fett shows up and Cobb shows up, or if anyone shows up from that show, and the show's still good, I expect Book of Boba Fett season two to be good, but it probably won't be. So I, I think like just my expectations will be just, you know, different. I, I don't know. I, I just couldn't. I can't give you the answer that I think you want. I kind of don't want them to like show up. I mm-hmm. want this just to be Mando's story. That's fair. We don't want Bo- uh, Boba Fett to show up and, and, and have two episodes about Boba Fett on Tatooine and then cut back oh, to Oh, yeah, because, because here's the <laughs> thing, though. Like, the only episodes that Tatooine were... We see Tatooine in the trailer, too. Yeah, the, the only episodes that were good on Boba Fett were the Mando ones. And it's like, I don't want that to happen here. Like, God forbid this this season's trash. And, like, all of a sudden, we get Boba Fett showing up for a season or for an episode and a half, and they're good. I'm like, well, what the hell? Why are, we, why are you just reversing it, you know? Oh, um, hilarious. I don't know. I just don't want it to just just keep it separated. Yeah, yeah. If if if, if you're going to cross them over, it needs to matter for some reason. Hmm. What? And we'll kind of get we'll kind of close it down for our predictions and for our show for the week. Um, ultimately, how do you want this season to be? I know very broad terms uh, as far as like, how do you want the impact to be on you? I mean, you're impacted a certain way, season one, season two, Book of Boba Fett. Uh, what do you, what do you expect? Uh, finally, after watching these, uh, I think it is confirmed to be eight, eight episodes at this point. What are you looking out of this? Uh, just enjoyment, good old entertainment. Are you looking to really push the, the Star Wars narrative overall? Are you looking for a big, production values and seeing how this really opens up the galaxy a lot more are you looking for more of a character specific focus story um just kind of last last second kind of predictions here i'll start with you ben um, or you can go first one yeah i i think with what i want with the show it needs to be obviously good needs to be i need to be invested which i've been invested thus far with this particular show um i think how they concluded season two it's going. It, it's really. It's it's got. It's, it's hyped itself up with how they ended season two. You know. It. I. I honestly, if they didn't release a trailer for season three, I'd still watch it. Because season two ended so well. Um. I, I'm wanting them to continue where they left off. Obviously, about him trying to fill his obligation of you know getting redeemed. I want to see Grogu's character develop more in the sense of where he's come from, where he's going. Um. I want the characters to continue to be you know pushed. As we've gotten this far and i want to see you know more of the mandalorian ways and culture and how that works mm. and how how that ties into the universe of star wars because we got to see that obviously in clone wars uh in a little bit i guess i don't know if we got it in in uh, rebels at all but in clone wars that really bit. mattered mm-hmm. um so yeah i want to see how that is further taken further to another level so i just want this show to be good i i just don't want to have to be disappointed again what we got with Boba Fett and obviously what we're getting with Bad Batch. Um, I'm honestly, I'm looking forward to season three very much. Obviously I'm looking forward to Ahsoka when that comes out. Cause I feel like these two shows mm-hmm. are going to have a lot of tie into one another oh, I think, yeah. in a lot of ways too. So yeah. 
Ben? Yeah, I mean, those are really good points, Milton. I think for me, um, I can agree with a lot of those. Like, those are all things that I'm anticipating and hoping for as well. Um, I think some of the big, the big things for me, I, I have a few. So first of all, you know, of course, you have all the things we mentioned, like the questions and like, you know, the Grogu stuff, the Den stuff, the Bo-Katan stuff, the Mando culture stuff, all that sort of stuff. I think those are all um, important things. I think, though, the one thing that we haven't mentioned yet on this episode is in the trailer, Carson Teva m- mentions, you know, there's 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 more going on out here than what you know or, or whatever he says. So, like, obviously we're going to get more breadcrumbs to the greater Mandoverse plan. So, like, I don't think... I really don't think this season is going to have a lot of... We're not going to really get the Thrawn stuff until we actually get Thrawn. You know, like, we got to wait till the Ahsoka show, basically. So, my thing is, I think we're going to get more of the breadcrumbs. You know, we've seen Dr. Pershing. I'm, you know, we've seen hints the Empire stuff. But I think that's going to be, like, the... Probably, like, the D-plot storyline. It's going to be the very lowest level storyline. We probably won't get a lot of it. Um, other than... When, like, the Mandalorians are referencing the Empire destroying Mandalore and stuff like that. Um, so I, I'm looking forward to see seeing how that result, how that continues and pushes the the more, like, the hints, the interesting factors that lead into, uh, into the Ahsoka series and into the Mandoverse as a whole. I think that's, that's a big broad brushstroke I'll be looking forward to, to see how they address that. And then in terms of, like, this show specifically... You know, we just want to see a good... I want to see a good arc of, like, Din and Grogu and Bo-Katan. Um, and then some of the other characters. How How's Moff Gideon going to play into it? Mm-hmm. He's in prison. Oh, yeah. He's in prison as of Mando Season 2 finale. So Book my thing is... At, there he is mentioned so, as going on trial. The Tribune yeah, or yeah. something like that. Yeah, so, he's, so, he's, so obviously... He's gonna play a part in it. I mean, because because Ma- John Carlos Esposito has like been marketing like big time on this show, mm-hmm. so of course he's gonna be in it. Um, Carl Weathers. It sounds like Carl Weathers might be in more than one episode. Like he might be in multiple, so he's gonna be involved. So we're gonna have a lot of these people getting involved, and I'm interested to see how their stories wrap. And then one thing that came up in in my mind tonight, actually right before the show. So for any of our viewers who are who are watching AB, any of the ABC affiliated networks. Mando season one, episode one was premiering. Mm-hmm. And when the Ugnaught was talking to Mando, he was talking about his Mandalorian culture, Mandalorian mm-hmm. people, blah, 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 blah. I think we're going to get the big, the big banger they reference in, in that first episode oh. of I think we're going to get him writing the mythosaur. Uh-huh. I think so. that's what I think because, because like they reference it and I guarantee you, like even in the casual fans, like even the, well, casual fans who who semi pay attention, like the casual fans, they'll probably be like, wait, I think I remember some character in whatever episode talking about Mandalorians riding creatures or something. So I think that's my big prediction. I think we're gonna get the Mythosaur because, like you mentioned, Chris, earlier in the episode, what's he gonna do? Dunk underwater and be good? I think the big thing that's gonna like show the Mandalorian people like the good guys, the bad the bad guys, like I don't know, wherever wherever the Mythosaur may be, I guess. I, I mean I'm presumably on Mandalore somewhere. Mm-hmm. But I, I think we're gonna get that. Like because you know we've taken the spectrum of the show bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And then I mean look, season one mm-hmm. season two episode one, 
we have the crate dragon yeah like they can create big creatures so now what's even bigger than that the mythosaur so i think that's my big prediction for this season in terms of the direct storyline of din i think we're gonna get him riding the mythosaur that's my big big um character prediction for din i i really really strongly believe like i think i'd have to guess like I think I'm th- I'm guessing like seventy percent chance of that happening. I think it's high, yeah. Um, because how my you know my thing is is how else are you going to reunite the good guys and bad guys? Yeah, exactly. In this show? Because, mm-hmm. Like like they have to they have to look at him, whether it be in fear or in respect. Like they have to look at him in some way and be like, oh shit, this guy means business. He's writing this big dinosaur thing, you know. Like I I think that's going to be the big crux of the series. I mean, hell, potentially, we might get that in, like, I might be, like, if there's eight ups, eight episodes, maybe, like, the seventh or eighth episode, it may be the finale. Like, that might be a big thing. But, like, I really could see us getting the Mythosaur. I really could. Hell, yeah. No, great predictions there. Um, I like what Milton was saying about uh, getting into the culture of the, of the Mandalorians. And we know a lot from the books and the comics that are now legends, but... I think bringing more of that to the forefront of the canon, the current stories in this timeline, will will be really cool. And they've been doing a great job of sprinkling in those little details and and adding in even more layers uh, to the characters. For me, I'm very much looking forward to, as you said, um, uh, the character there that's talking about all the the stuff happening in the outer outer rim and whatnot. I'm really looking forward to getting... The remnants of the Empire, whether that's an appearance of Thrawn or, or some more characters relating. Uh, we're seeing that the Imperials definitely have a lot more hiding and in, in, in waiting there because we see in the first trailer you have, I think it's the Resurgent class Star Destroyer that was pulled from like the Dark Empire comics, which is pretty neat. Yeah, TIE Interceptor. So they're well funded. The Empire's out there. They're biding their time. We're going to see them in a much bigger way. It definitely looks like it. And seeing Coruscant, I'm crazy about Coruscant, especially as it looks in the post-Return of the Jedi era. I think that's going to be a lot of cool prime stuff to talk about. Cloning, I'm, I'm very much looking to see what's going on with Dr. Pershing. Uh, we also seen some B1 battle droids in there at some point, so it's cool seeing uh, maybe we'll get like the droid Gatra or, or something or, uh, you know, something something there flushing things out. You know, I do want to see whether it be Boba Fett or, or Cobb Vanth. I, I do want to see a representation. It looks like they are going to Tatooine for some reason. Or maybe it's just like, hey, Mando's leaving Tatooine and this is like a longer shot that they didn't include in Book of Boba Fett. That could That could simply be the same thing there, too. But yeah, I mean, I I just want this to be good as well, Millen. I mean, this is something we've been waiting for since 2020, and uh, this is this has to be good because this is this is the tentpole franchise for Star Wars right now, and it's unanimous for most people. They'll tell you, hey, what do you like most out of Disney? It's probably going to be Rogue One, maybe Force Awakens, or or definitely most likely Mando for most of it. So you know, we just want to have that Star Wars conversation, that kind of uh, water cooler talk, as you will, going into work or seeing friends and whatnot, because this is the one that, you know, Andor might have not been for everybody, but I think this one is definitely the more uh, friendly for for any type of viewer. Oh, yeah, this is, I mean, 
this is not even the, the flagship of Star Wars. This is what built Disney Plus. I mean, <laughs> if this show didn't if this show yep. didn't succeed, Disney Plus wouldn't be nearly as successful. Um, so like that's a big thing to keep in mind going into it. Like you said, it's more a lot more people um, are uh, a lot of more a, a wider audience may have enjoyed this more than Andor. Um, I know for me, like Mando has been the show or the the thing for me for disney under uh, for the new star wars umbrella um and then one thing to throw out there to you guys as we're closing up the podcast what is your guys okay okay we talked about our like some of our big predictions and things what are some of like bigger predictions like like what is what's like a bold prediction like for me um just you know don't have to give any explanation for it i think there's a chance we get a like a big surprise cameo. What if we get Thrawn introduced in this show? The end of the series, mm-hmm. things are wrapping up, and the Empire, um, Doctor Pershing gets a little gr- uh, staticky, like Thrawn talking to him or something. Like I think there's a chance. It's like a one percent chance. Maybe we get a Thrawn appearance at the end. Oh yeah, I think it's a probably like eighty percent chance, and and like you said, they could have him in a hologram, so they're gonna reveal him, but they're not gonna really reveal him because you won't be able to like actually see what he looks like with the blue skin, the red eyes, because it's gonna be in that like bluey hue yeah. of the of the hologram. So it's a it's a brilliant way to be like, hey, you know, people people might not know who Thrawn is, um, but then they'll actually well, well, see who he well, is think. from a certain perspective. Like, okay, they, oh well, that guy, you know. Well, think with Mando season one. Boom, Darksaber. Mando Season 2. Boom, Luke. What are they going to do for Mando Season 3? They, they're, yep. they keep stepping up. Keep stepping up their stuff for Mando. What What's going to be the thing? Like, do, do you think that's a possibility, Milton? Or do you think they just end off the finale kind of how they did with Book of Boba Fett with a big action sequence and call it a day? I think we'll get a reveal, but I, was, I wasn't I was thinking Thrawn. I'm going Palpatine. Oh. oh Snoke, yeah. Oh man! Because just because like the cloning, like you oh, know, it's we... a cryptic Palpatine. So because oh, we, I can, I can see, I can see, I can see with the cloning stuff. And was it season two? Or was that one point they were talking about? Yeah. Um, I can see Palp us getting inklings of that cloning technology is how Palpatine's being, you know, manifested yeah. or how he's being kept yeah. alive. And obviously, he's creating the puppet of Snoke. Yeah, because we know that the the bodies of the Palpatine clones don't, don't ever hold the spirit of all those Sith um, right. that embody Palpatine's spirit. So, yeah, that'd be cool. Just seeing like an even more grotesque version of the Palpatine that we've seen in Rise of Skywalker that's like half decayed. And you see an even like worse off body. And then it's like, oh, yeah, here here's Snoke and here's the tanks of, of him in the background. Something like that would be pretty cool because as before uh dark nerdy gonzo was like hey how much do you think we'll get before like the formation of the first order in this that's a good shot maybe we'll get a reference to ray sloan is out there in the vanguard of the unknown regions and she's dealing with some unseen enemy as we heard from uh one of the books i think it was like the 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 last jedi novelization or something they mentioned that in so yeah I, i would like to see that i think it's a good good perspective that we're gonna a good chance we're gonna get that because oh my gosh i keep blanking on the character's name which is why i'm vague about him what's the character's name ben that's the x-wing pilot carson teva carson teva you know if it wasn't for him in the trailer i said maybe they don't have to do that but they're definitely heavily hinting at it 
So, yeah, if we want to hear from you guys in the chat or after the fact, you can message us on Twitter and you could email us anything. Um, get your thoughts out there. What is your What are your predictions for The Mandalorian Season 3? Um, it's going to be here in a couple days. It's going to be Mando season. We're going to be talking about Bad Batch and The Mandalorian next week. But uh, for now, what are you guys going to be up to, Milton, this week? Uh, I just got plans with some friends. Um, just trying to relax. Had a heck of a, heck of a, heck of a week at work. Um, so I'm just trying to get away a little bit. Just relax this weekend and just, you know, enjoy the weekend. Nothing wrong with that. What about you, Ben? Yeah, sounds like a good weekend there. That's pretty much what I'm going to be doing. Just chilling most of the weekend. Um, you know, this week was a was a good training week. I started a new uh, mm -hmm. a new training split, training nice. five days a week, and basically like I'm I'm pretty tired from it because like basically I'm doing like full body, pretty much full body esque workouts five mm -hmm. days a week. Wow! So it's definitely like me going from doing. Um, lifting four days a week just doing upper lower upper lower to five days full body it's definitely made me very tired yeah um very very tired to say the least like on monday and tuesday and wednesday i was like whoa i don't need i was thinking to myself i don't even know if i could do this anymore because i used to do full body workouts every day a couple years ago and then i just transitioned away from that and then now it's like whoa it's been a minute since i've done these but it'll be a nice weekend of like rest and recovery from that um to get back to it starting monday and then, of course, like meal prepping as always. And then for any of our um, listeners and viewers who are Netflix fans, I'm watching the new season of Outer Banks that came out. For anybody that's watched that, um, you know, can't wait to binge it. It's a, I'm excited for to see what they have in store for this season. So that's probably all I'm going to be doing tomorrow, just watching three or four episodes tomorrow, or four, five episodes tomorrow, and then <laughs> watching, watching another five on Sunday yep. and you know, calling it calling it a weekend. But, uh, yeah, you can find me doing all that stuff, um, talking Outer Banks and Star Wars and fitness on Twitter at RealBenMaynard, and then me documenting all of my um, my new training that's going on on Instagram. I'm posting pretty much every day on there, at RealBenMaynard as well. Um, how about you, Milton? I know you always post on Instagram, too. Yeah, I just post, like, some of my workouts on Instagram. Um, that's at Milton7Weber. Uh, on Twitter, I'm more just, I like to be funny on Twitter, so I'm just Milton Weber 7 on Twitter. <laughs> there you go. And you can find me um, trying to find a time to review seven comics in, in one video or six comics. It, it's crazy. Marvel, man. I don't I don't know what they got going on over there, but they've been around for 40. They've been around for almost 100 years and they still can't figure out distribution, I guess, because it's like one week they'll have one comic. And then next week, there's literally five Marvel comics in one week and then one dark horse comic it's like can you guys space these out a little bit i mean come on here so yeah i will be reviewing all those comics uh for next week um so yeah that'll be a fun time there i'll be getting a couple of uh star wars legion games in I, i've finished painting everything that i wanted to paint for now so now it's time to put some miniatures on the table so I'm looking forward to that. It's been a been a few months since I've gotten together with with the buddies at the local local game shop over here in New Jersey. But anyway, you can follow the channel if you are listening. We go live on YouTube every Friday at nine o'clock Eastern. Um, that is YouTube.com/StarRaptor, and you can look us up on any podcast app for audio listening over at Outer Rim Transmission. You can search that and find us anywhere 
as well. So for Milton, for Ben, for I, Chris, aka Star Raptor, that's going to do it for Outer Room Transmission. This was number 97. We hope that you have a great week. Enjoy Mandalorian Season 3 premiere. Everybody will be back one week's time to talk and break it all down here. May the Force be with you and Transmission. <laughs>